back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. As long as they keep on making animated Star Wars, Hope Molinax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to Jedi's and Jedi, a project that began with Clone Wars and now may never end. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast talking about, oh, oh, you hear those jingle bells in the distance? Do you hear that, that Christmassy music? Do you hear that? You know what that means? It's time for our holiday commentaries! Ho, and ho, ho! Elf on shelf I am. I thought we put you on a trip for five weeks. Get out of here. I thought we put him on a trip for five weeks. He's a creep, man. How did he get I don't back? like that elf on the shelf shit either, and I don't I, I don't like the idea of Yoda elf, elf on the shelves. Yeah. Ugh. Hi everyone. I'm Hope. This is Chris. It's time for our holiday commentaries. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing good. I realize I never introduce myself. I just always introduce you. I'm Hope, by the way. If you're here for like the two hundred and forty, three hundredth episode. I think there was. There was no introductions at for, for after and after a while we were like, you know, we should probably introduce ourselves at, at the beginning of the show if anybody hasn't heard it before. Yeah. But then so, again, we may not even have introduced ourselves in the first episode. Who knows? We're rude. I don't we're not good podcasters. Do you come here for quality content? That's not us. <laughs> hey, we're, we're just not interested. We're just we just don't have that that gene that makes us want to brand ourselves that much. Well, Not even branding that much. Yeah, I went through that for like a whole like year, and I'm like, this is hard, and I don't care enough. And it sucks. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> Being this like, pew, 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 we have to say all the great analytic code words, so the the yep. uh, the algorithm picks yeah. us up and monetizes us. Pew, pew, pew. Let's go, gamer. So, somebody on one of the podcastings was like. How do I get more attention on TikTok so more people pay attention to my posts? And I'm like, well, you appeal to the lowest common denominator. <laughs> Look up. I mean, it's like I check my analytics for like my writing because that's actually tied to the business I do. Yeah, yeah. But like not for podcasts. Like monetizing podcasts is hard. <laughs> oh, um, are you having a good week, Chris? I'm having a great week. Hope. I know. If you heard last week's episode, we're actually just recording this the next day. <laughs> so Chris is still on vacation. He's still well rested, and I'm still tired. <laughs> I still got like I still got four days left on my. Va- I'm on day five of my vacation with four left. Although they're gonna get bit like because uh, my band is playing on Saturday. Ah. We'll, we'll, we'll be practicing on Friday. Tomorrow. Our lead singer is coming. She moved to Chicago with her wife, and and they're coming in with their daughter tomorrow. So there's gonna so up we go out to dinner some somewhere, unless they decide to go to dinner at my work, and then I won't be joining them for dinner because I don't want to eat that food, especially pay for it. <laughs> not, that, not that our food isn't excellent. I'd be very happy if they went to our restaurant because they'd be getting excellent food. But I've been eating it for three years. I've been eating it for ten years. Hmm. Damn it! And then, then, uh, yeah. And then Saturday of the show. Everything's happening at night, though. So I have nice leisurely days. I've been cleaning and and organizing my house, which has suffered in the last three years. Which 
I, I don't know if anybody can imagine what it looks like, but it's not good. Mm. Not good, but it's a little better now. That's good. I'll be working on it more tonight. It depends. I might have a radio interview for on the folk music show in the morning, but nobody's. Uh, if I do, I need a ride there. Nobody's contacted me yet, and I'm sort of hoping that they don't because it's at 10 o'clock in the morning, which is not an early time for me normally. But, like, I don't know. I'm thinking of staying up till 3 or 4 a.m. tonight if I feel like it, you know, if I get a little Dr. Pepper in me or something, you know? Because you were on it last night on that Mountain Dew. Last oh, night yeah. slash last week for the listeners. Yeah, I'm drinking <laughs> water now. Yeah, I, I, I had some, I, I had a Monster Energy drink, but that was like two, three, four hours ago, something like that, three hours ago. So, but I do have more energy than usual anyway. So, you know, caffeine just is an enhancement of, nor, normally you guys are getting me like out of work and I'm just like, yeah, you know. Maybe it calms me down enough to do the show. Maybe maybe I, I need a job to lower my energy enough to, you know, blow obnoxiousness levels. I don't know. Sometimes the obnoxiousness works. Look at PewDiePie. Or don't look at PewDiePie. <laughs> Apparently he just got dethroned oh, yeah. by... What, what, who did he get dethroned by? The, the, the like dude beast guy, whatever his name is. Oh, Mr. It's funny because Oh, my, Mr. Beast, my, that's right. My boss has he's like, "Do you watch Mr. Beast?" and I'm like, "I've heard of Mr. Beast. I don't think I've ever seen a Mr. Beast video." But then again, I've really never seen a PewDiePie video. I've seen little pieces of PewDiePie videos, but I'm not really like, "I'm going to sit down and watch PewDiePie do his thing" because I'm not 8 years old. That you know, the fact that PewDiePie was still number 1 up until that point for that what's that like a run of like that's a well over a decade yeah of pewdiepie he he must be so incredibly rich and he started out just as something that like little kids like to watch him play video games and laugh at how you know at the at him being goofy that's an amazing career. Yeah, <laughs> the fact yeah. that he just got knocked off now is like just unbelievable. Like in the in the law of the internet, where you have a shelf life of, you know, twenty minutes or so. So. Yeah, the most PewDiePie I ever watch is if he happened to be on one of Corpses Among Us games, because I like Corpse and I think his voice is amazing. So. Ah, <laughs> oh, anywho commentaries so we have decided our commentaries because i had never seen any of them and since lucasfilm owns them now and the fifth one is coming we're gonna be doing four indiana jones movies for our commentaries plus an extra that i talked krista into because when we come back in the new year the first thing we're gonna be doing is tales of the jedi and of course it has those three ahsoka shorts so since I've never seen Indiana Jones, Chris has never seen Princess Mononoke, which is the direct inspiration for Ahsoka Tano. And when I was watching the the first Ahsoka one where she's a baby, I was like, yeah, this looks like Ashitaka's village. I see that that inspiration. And I there's so much of San's story that's like wrapped up in Princess Mononoke that directly applies to Ahsoka and her journey. So... <laughs> Those are going to be our commentaries. So today we're going to be doing Raiders of the Lost Ark, which I had never seen before. 
And I definitely oh God. laughed really hard at the ending because I couldn't believe that was the ending. The joke is supposed to be laughed at. Is it supposed to be laughed at? Oh, is hell it? yeah. Oh, hell yeah. It is a punchline. Okay. Are you kidding me? It, it is. It is. Uh, but, well, we'll get into it <laughs> during the movie. But <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, after all that, that's how it ends. After all that effort. Yep. All that blood and sweat. Oh, that reminds me. Yes. <clears throat> Pardon me. I'm getting myself a piece of paper here. <laughs> Are you okay over there? You're like dying. No, I've been I've been snotty the last few days, so I'm I'm a little coffee. I might be muting during this stuff. Um I'm gonna make a little hash mark every time Indiana Jones takes a bullet, a blow, uh knock down, something slamming into his head or body. Yeah, that's a lot. Because I've just always wondered what the count was. Because Indiana Jones gets the shit beat out of him in this movie. It's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll so. keep I'll I'll keep a running tab during the show, and every once in a while, I'll just I'll just spit it out, or you can ask if you're curious at any point. So we we should come at this from your point of view, and then my point of view of what does Indiana Jones mean to you? And then I'll give my kind of basic thoughts as a first-time viewer. We'll give some background, and then we'll you'll give the rules of the commentary, and we'll get into it. Does that sound good? The commentary rules. Yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah, so what what is it about Indiana Jones that you love? Because you were telling me beforehand you grew up with this. I consider this... Well, it's one of my favorite movies in the world, and it's one of the... It's just a perfect movie. It's a perfect example of visual storytelling the it's we're talking when i saw this movie this was the year after empire strikes back came out this was like the summer after after empire strikes back came out empire strikes back is like you know just blew ever you know blew everybody out of the water on another level from star wars and as a kid i was a little older and just like wow and then um, the Today Show, a lot of this started with the Today Show and their film critic, Gene Shalit, who was a, a spaz. And when he loved a movie, he would spaz out about it. And this movie came out, they showed um, the scene at the, you know, the famous scene at the beginning in the temple, you know, throw me the whip and I throw you the idol, you know, and, and, the, and the rolling boulder and stuff. And, uh, you know, he's just like, this is the most fun movie in years. This is just, you know, a, a blast from the past blah 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 and my i i think basically my mom was like i gotta see this because she got dragged to star wars they they my parents got dragged knew they had to go see star wars because i was gonna explode if i didn't but then after that they were sold and after empire strikes back they were ready for any george lucas steven spiel but we went to see all of them but i could tell maybe it was because harrison ford's in it a lot you know but my mom was like, you know, we're going to see this movie on, you know, there was on the weekend. She's just like, we're going to go see Raiders of the Lost Ark. I will and say I your mom has good taste because Harrison Ford looks good in this movie. 
He's handsome. Well, it's, it's young Harrison Ford. Yeah, this is him at his at, at his. He was the he was the like romantic lead of the superstar of the time. Like he was the it girl movies, especially because of this movie. You know, Han Solo was big, but this cemented it. You know, and uh, and he just had that sort of seventies. It was sort of like a fifties and a seventies actor appeal to it but you know basically my mom got us all in a car and said we're going to see raiders of the lost ark and i was like okay and i wasn't as interested in it because it didn't take place in space even though it was <laughs> lucas and spielberg but i was i was curious about it but i was like okay you know this this should be okay you know and uh holy shit <laughs> Not only was it okay, but it was a little more adult than Star Wars. I mean, it was violent, and uh, there was this is there was PG meant PG. Yeah, this has some blood. You know, I mean, you know, you see, you, he, he's shooting people in the head, and you see a bullet come out the back of their head and stuff. You know, in in scenes in this, so it's it's yeah, blood blood flies in this, and and it was you know, I didn't. My mom was usually very like careful about what movies we saw unlike my dad or what books we read and stuff but you know we went to see and i could tell you know sometimes parents will take you to the movies and they get in a little deeper than they thought but they're just like well i guess go right up through you know um so like uh yeah the, uh, there's i have other stories but that's a different story so so then after that like my mother was like that was a really good movie and told all her friends and then the following weekend, we all drove down to Lauville, which was about 30 miles away, but it had this little tiny classic old... It wasn't tiny. It was actually kind of a big old classic like Rialto Theater with the with the curtains that rolled back. I remember every movie I saw there. I saw a Bugs Bunny movie there. I saw National Lampoon's Vacation there. I saw the Popeye movie there. And I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark there, and uh, and the, the the screening of Raiders of the Lost Ark was it, it, the word had gotten around about the movie, and it was one of those things where it was like half parents and half kids, and I'll just I I just never never will forget what a great like watching it. I'd seen it once, and then experiencing the audience getting, you know, just sucked into it. it it never it never stops you know it never stops engagingly telling you the story and feeding you just enough to keep you going forward and uh, it looks beautiful the music is amazing yeah i love it love it love it love it it's a it's a perfect movie there are things wrong with it i can point out you know special effects flubs or, or not flubs but like things like where truck tips over and you can see the little bar underneath it that shot out to tip it over and stuff like that but it doesn't matter it's just one of those it's it's yeah I mean every every time when I see it now I can see like the filmmaking like the camera angles and it doesn't look as realistic as as, as real as it as when I was a kid, but it doesn't matter. It's the way it's it's Spielberg at the height of his storytelling skills, you know, and he's and he's employing them 
1000% for pure fun, you know? Oh yeah, like, I don't think this, anything about this movie should be realistic. I mean, I think we often get lost in, like, trying to make things, re- like, too realistic, and I'm like, sometimes things just need to be story, and, like, let it be, like, rule for rule of cool and stuff like that. Um, for me, so I'd always seen, like, pieces here and there, and I actually thought that this was the um, the one with the knight, with the the, the cup that they nope, were looking that's, for. That's three, the other odd one. That's that three, okay. Because <laughs> that's the thing, I've always seen bits and pieces of all these movies, but I've never seen them, like, from beginning to end. So there's a lot of bits that I, I recognize, like him shooting the guy with a sword, and of course, like the rock rolling down, and he's running away from it. Like there's so much of like I I noticed Icon- the iconic stuff that yeah that just kind of permeate into like uh, pop culture. Yeah. yeah. But but like uh, as a first watching from beginning to end, I love it. I I see why it's why it became so beloved. Like it's an amazing movie. Um, you, you, of course, like nowadays, like it's not cool to cast like John Rhys Davis as like a Middle Eastern man. <laughs> and I was reading it was supposed to be Danny DeVito, and I'm like, he's, he's bad, but, but he, he comes back. It doesn't matter though, because nobody's ever gonna complain because Sala is they, I mean, he he comes back in in uh in three and it's glorious. Oh yeah, I'm just talking about general casting. Like I read, I was reading that he oh, was yeah, originally yeah, yeah. supposed to be Danny DeVito, and I was like, he's nowhere close to Egyptian, not even close. <laughs> no, yeah, but you could, you could, you could. No. You could, you, I, but, but I, yeah, no, no. Not nowadays. But I can totally see Danny DeVito wearing a fez. <laughs> you know. In 1973. I, so yeah, like there, there is like cultural appropriation going on in this movie that you know wouldn't fly nowadays. But like putting that oh. aside, it's solid. Like I'll be I, pointing out, I'll be, I'll be pointing out all the all the things our culture is has frowned upon. But here's here's another thing: is Indiana Jones is also set in you know pre World War Two, so Indiana Jones is 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 on the progressive side of the greatest generation you know what i mean like he's on the he's he's on the more like open-minded side and still we're gonna (laughs) yeah yeah i mean that it's it's a movie from the 70s we'll go we'll go yeah yeah but let me finish my first impression (laughs) like it it, it's clearly a movie from the 70s so there's gonna be things dated in it so like that stuff didn't really bother me they kept um I don't care. care. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to finish my first impression for me? Oh, no, I'm just saying. (laughs) Yeah, again, Hope doesn't care. Um, But, like, there were things I really loved about it. Like, I had never knew Marion existed, and she's, like, one of my favorite leading ladies to the point where... Indiana is almost a hindrance to her. Like I like this is almost equal yeah. movie as it is his. And she she it's kind of like when we watched Willow last year how it was incredibly progressive for its time, which might seem silly now, but like it was going against tropes at the time of like the damsel in distress. It's like, no, 
oh, like, like she got trapped in a thing. She's like, all right, I'll just fucking pick up the Gatling gun and start, like, shooting people, I guess. Like, right? Like, she's just as progressive. And there's, like, times where Indy gets in her way. And I'm like, yeah. dude, she's fine. Move she's out She's got out it under way. control. Yeah. Yeah, like, well, this is also post-Princess Leia, too. So this exactly. is definitely a theme in Lucas and Spielberg did, movies, too. Did Williams do the music? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah, it's very obvious. Okay, I just I, I forgot to look it up, but I'm like, this I, has to be John Williams because it sounds like it's one key off of a Star Trek score or a Star Wars score. I should yeah, say. I, I I saw this all the Star Wars movies with with um an orchestra, and the price I paid for those three tickets, which was a lot for because going to see a symphony orchestra or it's you know it was like going to see a concert price. But to see them do Indiana Jones was like three hundred and fifty dollars because there's uh, they know there's the, the the one scene where he goes into the into the one room with the staff of Ra and it and it and the music's going oh and like to see that with an orchestra I think I would probably pass out with joy like that. That John Williams music there is so like luscious, and in the movie theater on a big screen, it was just like washing over. You know, it was this like incredibly reverent moment in the middle of like Nazi chase. <laughs> you know, it was it was amazing, and and I wish I would have had the three hundred. I wish I would have had that that concert moment, man. I yeah. love the soundtrack of this, and. And I also just India Indy himself wasn't what I thought it was going to be, and I actually I really liked him. I thought he was just going to be a little bit more stereotypical, but I love having the scenes of him just like being a professor and like he's he, like he's clearly smart and he has this like love and passion of this and like it, you know I I'll, I I might th- I, in case I don't remember to say it while we're watching the movie, I can see where the inspiration for a character like Doctor Afro came from. Because I was like, wow, this is really a lot like Dr. Afra, only he's not crazy. <laughs> or yeah, lesbian. No, it's, it's funny, though. Now that I think about it, if I want to get really, like, really deep into it, like, definitely Indiana Jones. My dad was kind of, my dad, and like, to me and my friends, my dad was kind of a combination of George Lucas and Indiana Jones because he looked like George Lucas. But he did stuff like we would go out and t- we would we would drive out into the middle of the nowhere and go through the woods with a compass until we came to an old uh, foundation of an old house and uh, start digging around in the foundation for bottles and stuff like that, you know. So like everybody's like, "Your dad's like Indiana Jones, no no fedora or anything like that," but you know. Yeah. So yeah, so I was at the right age to make that association, you know. So there's that tied up in the movie. Yeah, but I I, I like that he's not... Because I, I always, whenever I heard of Indiana Jones, I thought he was going to be, like, action hero. But, like, as you said, he gets his ass kicked a lot <laughs> just, Harrison Ford is also the master of... That's why I'm marking Being down the blows. hilarious of, while he gets of, his of ass showing, he, he takes a lot of blows, but, you know, it's a it's a trope through through time and into modern times of people who just get you know knives stuck in in them and then like you know and they they feel the pain while the scene is and then like two scenes later they're just walking away not harrison ford he's 
He yeah. more bedraggled and, and limping. He limps. You see the you see him like workish pop his shoulder back into place and you know and and yeah. massage his jaw because he's he looks like he's in pain. He's great at acting out physical pain and so- yeah, they actually, I, like, as soon as I, after I finished watching this, um, I went to go watch one of my favorite YouTube channels of all time, which is Cinema Therapy, and they were doing Psychology of a Hero being Indiana Jones in this movie, and they pointed out that, like, you know, when he's in the scene, like, the adrenaline is up and stuff like that, and then after he, like, kicks the Nazi out of the car and he thinks he's alone and he's been shot, you see the humanity come out of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, and I was like, yeah. It start to relax and start to go like, okay, let's think here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, ow. My oh, arm. ow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I, right. I loved it. I, I see why everybody considers a classic. So I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. Um, I'm going to give you just a little bit of background so you can know about the conception and kind of why we're doing an Indiana Jones in a Star Wars show and why this is our choice. So this is from the lovely people of Wikipedia. You ready? I'm ready. <sighs> Some background info. George Lucas conceived Raiders of the Lost Ark in 1973. It was probably when I was saying 70s because that was just the date I was staring at because it was open on my computer. Well, we were talking about it earlier and I said it has a classic 70s ending. It's a 70s ending in an 80s movie. but Yeah. Shortly after finishing the comedy film American Graffiti, an old movie poster of a hero, heroic character leaping from a horse to a truck reminded George Lucas of the early 20th century serial films he enjoyed as a, in his in his as a youth. I cannot read. He wanted to make a B movie modeled on those serials and conceived the adventures of Indiana Smith, featuring the adventurous archaeologist named after his Alaskan Malamute dog. Around the same time, Lucas was trying to adapt space opera Flash Gordon, but he could not obtain the rights. He showed the Indiana Smith project to focus on creating his own space op- opera, a little thing called Star Wars. You might have heard of it. In 1975, Lucas discussed his serial idea with his friend Philip Kaufman. The pair worked on the story for two weeks. Lucas imagined his character as a college professor and archaeologist, archaeologic, archaeologist adventurer, based on his own appreciation for archaeology and famous archaeologists archaeologist i cannot say that word kaufman removed uh kaufman removed lucas's vision of smith as a nightclub patron and womanizer and suggested the ark of the covenant as the film's central goal he learned of the ark from his childhood dentist the ark provided a source of conflict for the hero and the nazis playing off nazi leader Adolf hitler's historic historical fascination with the occult Lucas wanted Kaufman to direct a film, but he was already committed to working on his own western that outlaw Josie Wales. Lucas paused the idea again to resume working on Star Wars. In 1977, Lucas vacationed in Hawaii to avoid any potential negative reviews about the theatrical debut of Star Wars. He invited Steven Spielberg to join him and his wife on a beach near Mauna Lucas and Spielberg discussed their next project. Spielberg wanted to direct a James Bond film, but Lucas pitched to him The Adventures of Indiana Smith. Lucas still hoped that Kaufman would direct it, but a few months later, it would be clear they could not participate, and Lucas asked Spielberg to replace him. So that's just kind of a little bit of the formation. And Lawrence Kasdan joined the writing of it, and yeah. they, they uh, Spielberg hated the name Indiana Smith, believing it would remind audience of Steve McQueen's character Nevada Smith. All three men agreed to use Jones instead. And that's just a little bit of background about how this came to be. 
Yeah, and when you uh, they, that was putting it nicely when they were like all three guys, they were just like George, George Smith. It just doesn't roll off the tongue. Jones, 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 Jones. So there's a little bit of background. Hey, Chris, how do commentaries work? Give us the rules, and They're then we shall easy. get started. So many people have their copies of Raiders of the Lost Ark, and luckily there aren't any Raiders of the Lost Ark director's cuts or anything, so you got your copy of Raiders of the Lost Ark, you got it ready to play. You got it paused at zero, just like Hope and I. You're, you're seeing a negative hour and 55 minutes and 18 seconds. That means your whole Raiders of the Lost Ark is ready to reel out in front of you. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a little countdown, just like a spaceship just like the little spaceship with the spoon with the carrots coming to your mouth. Boom, 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 boom. Full what of the fuck are you talking yummy about? Raiders of the Lost Ark. All right. And then I will do a countdown starting at three. And when I say go, you push that play button and you just beat that play button down and and we'll go. We'll take it from there and just watch and listen. And I have my Cheez-Its. You have Cheez-Its? I've got, listen to this, i got a three-pound bag of circus, roasted circuit, roasted salted circus peanuts. Not the yeah. candy circus peanuts. These but. are my for light and dice Cheez-Its, so I need to probably buy more Cheez-Its soon, because I'm definitely eating my for light and dice Cheez-Its. I, I don't know if I'll eat the circus peanuts during the show. I will if I get too hungry, but they're so loud. It's so, it's so loud to eat them. you got to crack that, them. I, I poured mine out on my desk, so they're now just sitting on my desk. So, I, uh, yeah, I like to, I'll, I'll be like <laughs> sucking on the shells and stuff. You guys will love it. It'll be a little AMSR action. But anyway, to the no, countdown. No. You to ready? Down. I'm ready. I'm ready to see Indiana Jones run from the Hovitos. L- listeners, you ready? The Hovitos. All right. Yeah, they're ready. Uh, we can't hear them. They, they, they better be ready. If they're not ready, they can back up and try Gene again. Gene's like, hit fucking play already. <laughs> Gene's like, Gene's like cranking the dial to like five times speed. Just like, come on, guys. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, go. Yay. I actually watched it not in 1.5 speed. I watched it in Yay. 1.3 speed. Yay! Good. I hope I was. I hope I was being passively aggressive. In yeah, mostly. Yeah. This now. This will get. Remember this. This will be a theme of all the Indiana Jones movies. The oh, Paramount, really? Paramount Mountain in some way. Oh, being, interesting. Yeah, being being incorporated into the very beginning. I love that font. They really did. They don't use that font in Raiders of the Lost Ark anymore. But it, it's my. Font. My only thing is it's against a like a white, white sky, background. so it kind of like loses itself. Yeah, but they they that's why they that's why they made it black in the middle to it, it sort of but yeah. it sort of washes out. But he's got stuff. It's Steven Spiel, He's got stuff in the foreground moving over. I, I will to- say when I saw Alfred Molina's name here, I was like, holy shit, Alfred Molina's in this movie, and then he's like dead in the first five minutes, and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, bye, Alfred Molina. <laughs> I was so excited about Alfred Melita, and then he's gone, and I was like, oh, okay. Bye. See you as Doc Ock. (laughs) This, I mean, just the sound design of this, everything in the movie theater was just so immersive and wonderful. There's so much. Steven Spielberg, he just has that great eye for detail. Yeah. Like this guy's. I need to bump up my sound just a little bit. 
because I can. There you go. And above of my sound just a little bit because I was like, "Yeah, we're talking about the sound design. I can't hear." <laughs> it's there's a there's a legendary uh, record album you can get, and they used to do story of records with a narrator, and like they they would take stuff from the the movie and put it on a record. They had Star Wars and stuff, but the Raiders of the Lost Ark one had no no narration. It was just from the movie. And really? they, yeah, they definitely hyped up the sound effects for the record and stuff, but it tells the whole story just through sound. And yeah, no, uh, <laughs> always good to taste the poison there, dummy. I thought that too. I was like, why are you tasting it if it's a poison dart? They always do in these movies, though, but like, what I like love about it out's gonna help. What I love about this is. You know, this is this is the old movie serials, but like Steven Spielberg makes like it's after the 70s. So like all these guys have are sweaty. You know, they wouldn't have been in a movie serial. They would have had new clothes on and stuff. It 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 just takes them and moves them into the modern age and says, we'll give them a budget and do it with care, too. I actually really like Indy's like introduction though. Yeah. Because up to this point we've only seen the back of him. Yeah. So like you don't actually know if you know, if I if I didn't know he was a hero. I could see like coming into this for the first time being like, Am I looking at the bad guy? But yeah. of course, you know, I, I know who he is by now, but I do think the this might be blasphemy to say, I do think the whip can be silly at times. Oh yeah. At times. Not always, at times. Because sometimes it's super helpful when you need to swing across things, but every once in a while, it just makes me laugh. <laughs> and I, I can hear people I have be so like, many oh, I hope it's horrible. The whip is awesome. Scott Gardner's dad knew that he liked Indiana Jones and actually got him a real... You know, a real bullwhip. Not like you could get he Scott got one at a carnival, but they were just little things that made a crack. His dad got him a real bullwhip. And those things are dangerous. Yeah, they <laughs> we are. We almost we almost put literally put our eyes out so many I've knocked my glasses off my head. Scott Gardner's dad was showing him how you know, showing us how to use it and and whipped the cigarette out of his mouth accidentally. <laughs> it was just like God okay, here you go. Oh yeah. Like, um, I, back when I was a theater major, like, we were doing, like, weapons practice. You know, we had somebody come and teach us, like, combat and stuff like that. And just using a prop whip and learning how to use that correctly to make it snap, I was like, if this was the real thing, I could, could kill a man for this. You could hurt somebody really badly with those. I love how he's just like, yeah, whatever. I love this <laughs> reveal of just, like... The bajillion is, but tarantulas aren't very. Yeah, I love that review. No, Just take off your jacket. Well, that's because that's why he's not like. That's why he's not like flipping out. Like, you know, your normal American, i.e., me. If I had that many tarantulas on my back, I would be just like, I, I, I don't know what I would do. I would, I would, I, I don't think I would scream and start freaking out. But I probably, actually, I probably would. I'd probably be like flipping my jacket off and just like, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I don't want tarantulas yeah. on me. Yeah, but, but the, I mean, this guy's like of the, you know, he's he's a local, so he's grown up with tarantulas, I'm sure. I love how it looks at him. Yes. Like, hey, Andy, I died. They even they so they even sort of like there's just noises almost like they're making little groans and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. It, it more so when we get to the the well of souls. Oh yeah, and all the... on, those ones are like. Bleh, bleh. See now this looks just so realistic to me, and that's obvious. It looks like a set to me now, but it's just a it's a beautiful, wonderful. But I love. This might sound weird, but I love the grabbing of the pants, like how he grabs him by his belt, because it makes sense of like grab the first thing you can grab. Because it's, usually, like people would grab like the if it's a movie, people would grab like the arm or the shirt, and he's like, no, no belt. No, no, that's the strongest part that he doesn't give. He is a pure practice. That's what's great about Indiana Jones is he is a practice. He he just does what has to be done, you know, and is also smart about it. You know, he's. You it's know, gonna be it's gonna be interesting because the next movie actually takes uh, is set before this with a younger, dumber Indiana Jones. Are you serious? A, a less ethical Indiana Jones. Yes. Oh yes. Huh. <laughs> yes, yes. Really? Oh, yes, yes. Oh, because it, one of the things I like about him in this is because you were saying that the how are like scandalous. The evens are scandalous. Well. <laughs> That was something that we were saying, which was um, you were saying that he hadn't done anything in the movie, like really. And I, I kind of disagree with that because all of his preparation and knowledge is why everything happens. Like, for example, like he's like fully prepared for this scene and like he's researched it and analyzed it. That's why he knows not to look at the Ark of the Covenant so he yes. can recover it. Like. He puts in the time in the research. He's not just like bumbling in here because if he was just bumbling in here, he wouldn't even have a bull whip or a no, satchel his, or his, a bag of sand. His goal was to get the the ark and pro, uh, to him was to get it get it in a museum. But it basically he's just sort of along for the ride. He he actually like you know, he the, the way he does it, he's supposed to go to secure yeah, he But it's he, his knowledge which recovers it. Because yeah, if he yeah. didn't know prior to like not look at it, he would have died with the rest of them, and then it would yeah. have been no one would have had it. But the yeah, but it would have been better if the Nazis. It would have been just. It would have been the same outcome. <laughs> he was supposed to keep it away from the Nazis. He actually got it into the Nazis' hands, but luckily the Nazis are not. You know, luckily the Ark. Basically, like Marion, the Ark could take care of itself. <laughs> the Ark is. The Ark is a vessel of God and, and is not, you know, don't worry about the Nazis. Uh, they're, they're not. Uh... Bye, Alfred Molina. You were fun in the movie. First. What's funny is the first t- the first few times you don't notice it, but you hear him die. You hear him like, I really. Yeah, you, you can hear him in the background meeting his fate. I guess I'm going to count this as our first blow to Indiana Jones when he gets... Yeah, I don't think it should count. Okay, okay so he's he's going blowless just... so far. Adios. Oh. Wasn't it the second Indiana Jones movie, which is why they invented the PG rating? 
The what? The PG yes. rating? The PG-13. Oh, PG-13. Yes, I think it was a combination of that and Gremlins. Because mm -hmm. Gremlins got a P. Yeah, yeah. The the second Indiana, this, this it's violent in a different way. It's 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 crazy yeah. in a different I'm way. I'm surprised how much they get away with. It. Well, I guess I shouldn't because it's it's an '80s PG and '80s PG and nowadays PG are two totally different PGs. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No. This. Yeah, it, this guy is fine. Oh, I, I, I love this guy. He's the he's the. I don't know. Out of all the villains, I think he's my least favorite because he's the one that's just like, I'm just sort of here and I'm your foil and I have an evil. He's... But it, maybe it's because everybody else is so larger than life. Like the one Nazi that looks like, you know, Zola from the Avengers movies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He just chews the old, scene old with Nazi goodness. Hair Mac. Yeah. And it's just like, ha, 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 ha. like, I love his laugh. Like, he just absolutely just chews every scene he's in. And I'm like, you you knew what the assignment was, and you came to work today. <laughs> he, yeah, he's just well, a little version of Indiana too. Jones. But, yeah, you, you, don't, you just need him to just be sort of dry. You don't need him to be much of a character. What I love about this is... You just learn everything about it, like, like as as soon as he gets a moment to run, he just runs. He's not mm -hmm. goofing around. This was a scene that they showed. This was a scene that they sh showed on the reviews early on, like on TV to to be like, watch this movie. I love that we never see Jock ever again. This is it. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing is. These are yeah, but these are all guys you could see Jock again at some point in in an Indiana Jones movie. Or like but I, I or the might not you know they're, they're, yeah they're, right. It, it's like like I used to when I was a little kid like if you would be in somebody's like like camp, you know their summer camp that where their family would have there would always be like boys' adventure books that had just been hanging around there for fifty years. I love his little a, wet hat. I'm just saying. And they would always have the characters would always blow into some town and then they would just have these people that they would meet that would be like, you remember that time in Singapore when blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know? And so it's it's all like that. Everybody's just like, you know, and some of these people that you don't think like that are going to turn up again, like solid will turn up because they were so popular. Yeah. I mean, there's I. You know, one of, one of my favorite adventures movies is The Mummy from, like, you know, Brendan Fraser and stuff like that. And there's so many, like, characters like that that just kind of, like, show up and then they're gone. And this is very much, like, feels like it inspired those scenes. Because um, same thing with the pirate guy later on. He's a cool character. He's literally in the movie for, like, three minutes. Yeah. If that. But yeah. I really liked him. He's, like, so cool. Yep. And, like, and when they did Indiana Jones comics, all these guys showed up again. There, oh yeah! Doc showed up again. The the pirate showed up again. I love this student, by the way, and how thirsty she is. Like, oh, the, the, the one with the eyes, the one with the yeah, eyes. yeah, get it, girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at they all love him. They all love him. But but like, <laughs> but it's pretty clear that Indiana Jones is probably dipping into his 
his student. He is a, he 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 can't resist. He's probably like there's yeah. a lot of under there's a lot of undercurrent of that in here, especially oh. when we get to Marion. Well, Marion's like, I was a child. He was like, that didn't matter, and I was like, oh, indeed. You knew no. what you were doing, but you know mm-hmm. we're talking that we're talking 1940s, you know. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, uh, the, yeah, I love her. <laughs> <laughs> just, just <laughs> like I just remember, I I can just imagine like her like little bosom buddy roommate just being like, "All right, close your eyes. I'm gonna write this on you. He's gonna love it so much." He's oh, I never it. thought of that. Oh my <laughs> god, I never thought of that. That somebody else had to put those on her eyes. Yeah, for sure. Oh like, my god, I never thought of that. I just And they thought, were probably like, what if I can make him Folger's coffee and be his wife? And they're like, Oh, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna do so much of his laundry. Oh, so romantic. <laughs> no, no, they all wanna they all want they all wanna travel the world. That that's funny, is that that, that guy leaves an apple for him. Mm-hmm. They they want to travel. They they wanna travel. They're all archaeology students, you know, so they're into the same stuff, you know. And they probably all heard about his. Can you imagine us traveling the world and me doing all of his laundry on a steamboat while he goes have amazing adventures? It's gonna be great. Sorry, Mary. Man can't have a dame holding him back. I'm gonna make sure that he has his white picket fence built on the steamboat that we're riding on as he excavates. Yeah, yeah, it's not gonna be a whole thing. See this here, this scene. This is my dad. This would be my dad coming home explaining the antiques that he got <laughs> to me and my friends. Just like, you see this? This is blah, blah, blah. I love the dichotomy of this because, like, Indy looks so nerdy in this scene. Like, when he's clearing yeah. all his papers and stuff like that. I love that dichotomy that you have this version of Indy and also the one punching Nazis. Well, well also. And I think that's what, like, really appealed to me. That's what really appealed to me as, like, watching this because. This kind of shattered what I always thought of Indiana Jones. I thought he was just some macho punching guys guy, and then I got to this scene. And I was like, "Look at him! He's a little nerd." No, and, he's and Clark I really Kent. Love that. He's Clark Kent. He has to. He has to be like this. He has to be like this. To um, he's at a like this. You know, a, a conservative university, and I don't mean like you. Know, just a, a a stuffy. You know, um. Oh, what the hell is the term for it? Uh, I, I know Ivy, Ivy League, yeah. Ivy League school. So he's got to but hold I kinda, up appearances. There's, there's I, always I kinda, in the movies. They're always like, Indy, you're, you're gonna get in trouble again, you know. <laughs> but I kind of, I partially disagree with you on that because there's a few scenes here and there where, because I actually think he, he likes the archaeology, the archaeology first, and then the adventure second. Because there are just scenes where, like when he's in disguise with Sala at the dig site, and they're using the little like tool that they they use the to look through, and I, I don't know what they're called, um, excavation tools that they look through and trying to figure it out. When he realizes where the ark is, he just kind of leans on the top of it and just smiles, and like it's such a nice moment that I oh, yeah. I, I truly think he loves the knowledge. I I do think oh, he that does. this. Oh, I think no, this. He's... No, no, no. What I'm saying is, I think this is the real indie, and what we see running around with the fedora and the bullwhip, that that's the Clark Kent. That that's how I see it. Oh, really? I, yeah. Like, like, even though it's what we see the most, um, it's not the part that he loves the most. 
Does that make sense? He's he, I, I, I see him here as a, I, I, I think he in, probably enjoys teaching, but he's only here because he has to have some sort of job in between, to, you know, this, the, yeah. this justifies him well, going out. When you see him go home and packing his bags in this, you know, that's, oh, yeah. that's what I picture the real Indiana Jones is him when he's at home with Marcus talking to him and packing his bags and getting his guns yeah. ready and stuff like I, that. I, I don't quite, I don't quite mean the school life. I mean like the knowledge archeology span side. Yeah so, yeah, yeah. so like even when he's packing his bags, even when he is fully dressed and talking about the, the scepter with like the, um, with Sala and the old man and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is, the that that's what I'm talking about. Anything that has to do with the knowledge and the history, even if and, he's in the the hat and the bullwhip. But I and, I and, think and he and Sala are both just nerding out over it. And right. Like, that to me is the he real. Didn't OD. have the other side. <laughs> and then the the punching of the Nazis and the bullwhip and the and like the action is the second the other part. But I I feel like the main. That's what I'm saying. Like not really even the school. Like the school. Like he loves that stuff. But anything that has to do with knowledge is the real indie. And the action adventurer comes second. Because you can tell, like, he's nerding out here. He's just like, yeah, yeah, let me tell you about all the things and blah, blah, blah. Who is that actor on the left? The one in the gray suit sitting down? He looks so I, familiar. And he's I, he's been in a million him. movies. I can never remember his name. He's been in a million okay. movies. He is just like, yeah. Uh, he uh, has that face. Because I was staring at him and I forgot to look actor. it up. Yeah. I just absolutely forgot to look it up, and every time I look at it, I'm like, God, I've seen you before, and I can't put my finger on it. But I love how these guys go from being just like, yeah, whatever, to like, now they're fascinated, you know, as soon as he's telling the story, because he's he's into it. Ma'am, can you imagine Indiana Jones's podcast, like him just talking about stuff? Oh, that would be great. Mm -hmm. I have to check out the Indiana Jones TV show. Nope. Whoa, whoa. Okay. The recording said it. You you dropped off on me for a second and it said the recording was starting over. Oh, really? Yeah, but that was only just for the Skype recorder. So I, I think we're still good to go. I'm not stopping, so... Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. We'll see how it goes. Ha, there might be some weird glitches, everybody, but we're not stopping. So. No. When when that happens, when that happens, you can just it, it it the the recordings are just flush with each other, so I can just stick them together. Well, there you go, guys. Merry Christmas! Some behind the scenes look at how Jay guys and Jedi works. Yeah. We well, stopping. I mean, when stuff like that happens, we can't pause and. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His house is nice, though. I think it's a cute little house. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's a really nice house, and and it's it's very. Look at look, that stained glass. I love stained glass windows. Uh, lovely stained glass. I was remembering the stained glass in my childhood house. Some mm -hmm. old stained glass, but this is this is what my house growing up looked like. This is what my dad's. It was just books and stuff that he, you know, stuff that was like some like ancient, you know, pre-Columbian stuff, and you know. All, just all kinds of stuff just hanging around the house. 
And it's a simple set design because you see one and a quarter rooms, which is this big room and the front door. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Nothing else because that's set design. Oh, he plays, plays piano. There's just so much you can. It's just so set. Does everything about this is great. This, this is what I picture the real Indiana Jones is, somewhere but somewhere in the middle of, of both of them, you know, plot plotting it, plotting with Marcus, Marcus who wants to be indie so bad, and uh, I always thought maybe Marcus was kind of indie in his earlier days, and and is just older. But then you, we will actually in in the future see Marcus out on an adventure, and he is not <laughs> adventure. Oh, interesting! Because like, because that's the thing. Like Marcus left like no impression on me, other than here, I'm here to get the plot started. Goodbye. So that's interesting that that like he might come back and or uh, he, he, he comes, does come he's back. In three, he's in three of the four. I don't think there is no. Um, Indiana Jones set in America in, in the second movie. In the other three movies, we all have college introduction. I love just seeing the inside of old planes and stuff. I've been I love watching it. I've been watching The Crown and a lot of the early seasons that are set in like the thirties, all the planes look like this. I love how evil he is. Life. I like life. I, I like really to suck life. the life out of people. Uh, and I will have to guess. And this, this, this was like the this little montage. Just probably the probably the older folks that saw this were just like, oh my god, back to their old, you know, the forties. I love these shots. They're almost mm -hmm. like newsreel shots of the plane flying. French ah. Indochina. I love this introduction to Mary. Yes. Yes. This the way introduction she to Mary. Liquor and cigarettes in this is 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 wonderful. She. This might be one of my favorite introductions to like a female character ever, and how she. From here to where they leave the bar when it's on fire. Like, at no point yes. is she a fucking, like, like, damsel in distress. She holds her own from beginning to end, and Indy gets in her fucking way. We're God, starting she's out with hell. her bar in, her bar in Nepal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a, white, a white woman who owns a bar in Nepal. So, yeah, she is definitely not... She is definitely a worthy, you know, foil. Foil. For, she's more of a foil that, that like, than a you and know, she's combination. She's playing them all too. Like she's like, let me act like I'm drunk, and they're all like, throw more money in there. She's about to lose, and then she's like, no, bitch, I'm okay. Next drink. Oh yeah, and all the and and all. This is a wonderful scene. It says so much about her, and it also like pays off later in the story there's just not a wasted frame of film in this whole movie and this guy is just wonderful that hair <laughs> though i will say when it's supposed to pay off later it almost works and it's the one time i wish nazi guy didn't walk into the door because i was waiting for her to like save herself and the nazi guy comes in and they're like we're gonna put you in even more skimpier clothes like she quickly loses pants in this movie, and I was like, "But she looks so awesome in pants! I love this outfit." Yeah. Yep. 
She's just fine. She's perfectly fine. No, I shouldn't say perfectly fine, but mostly fine. I love her voice too. She has that like classic like seven like seventies actors actress voice. Yes. Like kind of like transitioning into the eighties kind of time period. She's very she and Margot Kidder were cut from the same cloth. If if you've ever seen Superman the movie, like Margot Kidder's um Lois Lane and both of them like disappeared like had like strong roles playing like this and I think both of them had pro like um, mental problems and abuse, uh, substance abuse problems, and like sort of were gone from movie. I think Margot Kidder died, if I re if I recall right. But uh, she's she's doing better now. But she just sort of disappeared after after just a few years of having movies in this in this time period. With this, this and Starman being like the peak. Uh, spoiler, Abner's not dead. Why would you tell me that? <laughs> not in this movie. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm we'll see. I'm watching all these for the first time. <laughs> Why would you tell me that? <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Um, it's not a big plot point. <laughs> You'll see. <laughs> She's playing him right now because she knows exactly what he's talking about. Oh, she wants to fucking put him on the hook. Are you kidding me? She's yeah. pissed. Yeah. And he's giving her money. <laughs> He is very handsome, though. You know how sweaty she is. She's gorgeous, too. Though I do wish they kept her in pants the whole time. And I'm only saying that because I personally like ladies in pants. That's just me. You'll get, you'll get, you'll get your pants. I know. It's just the one I don't get is like the weird wedding dress. Because like, Nazis are fucking freaks, man. They're fucking freaks. But it was Barlock or whatever his name is that does it. Yeah, he 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 got that that wedding dress somewhere, and he goes someday. Ooh, I'm gonna put somebody in this some someday. And he just holds it around the desert with him. In yeah, case he happens yeah, yeah. To find a pretty Nazis, lady. man. It, he might have been wearing it around. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, he could have, but yeah, uh, yeah. Those are Nazis, man. They like they they they. And I think what it is is like at least like the like nightgown slip she wears in the last third. At least that has an explanation because they're like our pirate friend had it laying around and I needed a yeah. change of clothes. At least that one has an explanation. But the Nazi just kicks in the door. Actually, it's not even the Nazi. It's Barlock, the Indiana Jones evil version or whatever his name is. Belloc. Belloc. And Belloc just kicks in the door and is like, hey, here's a dress. Put it on with no reason. And I was like, Why? I love him. <laughs> I love. He's smoking. His my shoulders are smoking. My shoulders are smoking, Fraulein. <laughs> Why are they smoking, Chris? Why are they smoking? Because I'm a hot frog. 
it's so funny to it's, me. It's just warm in there, and in the in the snow is must have slipped his mind. That's one of my favorite lines. And when she calls him Hair Mac, she just blows it in his face. I love it. Uh, and even uh, then, thought, like you know that it, these four could kick the crap out of her, and she is just holding eh, her ground. Eh, he just gives a little. Eh. <laughs> my frog skin is very delicate. <laughs> I don't like the smoke on it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. He's such a creep. <laughs> he looks like, he also looks like another actor, and I can't put my, he like, he reminds me a lot of uh, Baron Zemo. Is it Zemo? Um, whatever the glasses guy is in the Avengers movies, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. the evil Nazi. But he also reminds me of another actor. And for the Wally, life of- he's got a little Wally Shawn going on there because he's got the liver lips, you know, the, 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 um. Hold on, I need oh. to look up on my phone who Wally Shaw is. Um, but- Princess Bride, inconceivable. Yes, yes, that's it. Inconceivable. But I also <laughs> like this about Mar- uh, Marion too is, She's scared at the right moments. She's, yeah. she's been even the whole time. She's been strong. And now it makes sense for her to be scared. There's a hot. Yeah. They're about to torture her. Yeah. And, and I like that. Like, she's not just like, like, oh, Indy, I'm going to be scared always. No, like she she is scared at the logical time. And what happens? The fight breaks out and she immediately starts fighting herself. Except for to make to stop and get a drink here, which it might be my favorite character moment of hers. And, and behold, a fight scene where everything, you know what's happening. Everything's leading, it's, it, everything leads to something else. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like a, it's, it's, it's like a machine being, a Rube Goldberg machine being turned on, you know, Mm -hmm. everything's, let's see, that fire's going that way. We got, we got the object that, that we're after. First headshot. Has Indy taken a blow yet? It's not my job to pay attention. He didn't tell me. No, he has not taken a blow yet. Yeah, this is my favorite Marion yeah. moment of the entire movie. Right there. My uh, favorite is the, the alcohol going across the bar and the... Oh, there's one. There's another. <laughs> there's another. This is so... he can't just he can't just hurt somebody. He's got to be creepy about it, right? That's the thing. He just could walk over and hit him. He's like, no. Did you count that choking as one? Yep. Oh. Right. What? <laughs> I love that all with the shadows. And I like that the guy is just like, oh, my boss just turned on me. Okay, I will help you. Help you. Briefly. Uh, shoot for, for like this guy. No, here, here's here's the plot thing, right? I know he runs outside because he burns his hand and he puts in the snow. I do love that he runs out the window. That's a nice touch. But then he just kind of vanishes instead of like going back in to try again, you know? He does that. And that's it. We don't see him until his next scene. He just yeah. kind of vanishes. He does, Harrison Ford does a lot. I love that. I love that, like, 
anticipating the bullet wound through him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he's gone. The the Nazi's gone. Didn't That's what they do. He hopped off. Try to go back in and get it or anything. No, he hopped off. No, he knew it. He knew he was out. He knew he was losing out. I love that line. Don't get my money. I'm your goddamn partner. Yep. I love that line. That's when, like, the entire introduction from her drinking, doing the drinking game to that moment. I was like, Marion, you're now my yeah. favorite character in this movie until Sala shows up. Yeah. No, these the all these sequences are like musical pieces. You know, they build. They have a little. They have a beginning. Everything has a little beginning, middle, and end. And then Sala showed up, and I was like, I love him. Everybody's it's everybody's relaxed. They got you know. He picked him up, got him some new clothes. Come on, my friends, I'll dress you up. It's beautiful, and and it is. And the, and like this is it's slow. This is perfect point to slow down. You know, we've been just rolling since the beginning. I love the Nazi monkey. Dude, there someday we have to find Did you ever hear the story of the kids that they were high school kids and the one kid was very much like a combination of me and Scott Gardner. He wanted to make Indiana Jones and he wanted to star as Indiana Jones. So he and his friends did shot for shot the whole movie and it took them years. Hmm. But they completed it shot for shot they replicated every shot they used their dog for the monkey and they really? got all the monkey shots they got all the monkey shots using their little toy dog they got him to do all the monkey things it's amazing the kid got the girl he had the crush on to be married <laughs> oh. <laughs> and they you know they get older as they, you know they they're they're growing up it's amazing Yeah, but I, I like the twist that the monkey is also a Nazi. I was not expecting the monkey to be a Nazi, Chris. An you did evil not, monkey. You, you did not see that coming. No, I didn't see the Nazi coming. <laughs> but uh, no, but like I'm joking aside. Like it actually did take me for a surprise. I was like, oh, that's clever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Only George Lucas could come up with something as silly, but also somewhat stupid, but well, also amazing no, as that. That's a Spielberg. Spielberg's only Spielberg Steven Spielberg could come up with something as crazy and stupid and clever as that. I, I like Spielberg hates Nazis. He hates them, but so he's he loves to loves to have Nazis in his movies to get. And even the Nazi monkey gets poisoned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gets his due. Spielberg doesn't fuck around with Nazis in his movies at all. At all. At all. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, love this outfit of Marion's. This is my favorite outfit that she wears. Actually, I take the back. Her first outfit's my favorite. This is a very close second. But I think it's because this is the end of her pants. <laughs> oh, where'd he go? I love this devil on Tonda. This, like, have a date. Like, almost like he's asking her out. Oh, but yeah. Not he's, really. he's always on the... He's always putting the moves on. He's in the... Until, until he falls asleep and they're about to fuck. Well, yeah. <laughs> I like this scene, too. Like, no, no, I'm a Nazi. Look, my Nazi's alive. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love how the Nazi imme- see that's the Spielberg touch. The Nazi immediately just knee jerk Sieg Heils, even when the monkey does it. It's just this this whole sequence is is fantastic. The music, the the tonal shifts. The shadowy people. Just ready ready to attack. A sort of a sort of shadowy version of Indiana Jones there that you don't really that doesn't really pay off. I do like this shot. Well, look, he's got sort of it, it, when he walked around, it's almost like he's got a mirror version of Marion too, with the with the cowled guys there. It's and and all the people in the background, all the background stuff, and all the background people are just all great. Okay. All right. Here's the thing: Marion's holding her own perfectly. Look at her be- bashing in skulls in the background. And then Indiana's yeah. like, no, I have to save you. And I'm like, why? She's holding her own. She's doing great. You're actually, you threw her on the ground. Good job, man. He hasn't taken a single blow. Oh, there's one. Okay, we've just hit five. Because everybody's had swords. Right? I and love he- that, the two apples in there. And he throws her in a thing. And... This is what gets her captured because they separate. Yeah. I'm like, Indy, Indy, she she was fine, babe. She was perfectly fine. And now you have to go look for her. I do love this. He learns, it, his, he, he learns a lesson on this. Though if uh, Tangled has proven anything, frying pans are great weapons. Yeah. Thank you, oh. Rapunzel and Eugene. It's a lot of surface area to, to meet with and they're usually heavy. And As we see Eugene here. has an entire fight with a sword with a frying pan. Good job, Eugene. It's my favorite Disney princess movie. Yeah, if he wouldn't have thrown her in the hay, they wouldn't have been separated and she wouldn't have been captured. Plain and simple. Like he did it himself. <laughs> Sneaky little monkey. I love how they. I, I love how these Nazis are all just keyed into this monkey. <laughs> right, right. They're like the monkey found her. Highland with it. They're they're listen. The 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 monkey is. Uh, it's Spielberg is great. I like how everybody. Uh, this uh, this is the scene I had seen so many the times. Famous scene. Uh, this was Harrison Ford was so sick with. I with heard about this. Malaria. <laughs> I heard it was bad food and he had the trots and was just like, look, I can just shoot him. Let's get this move. let's get this scene over with. Yeah. And but it's one scene, of like the most iconic scenes. Oh my god, the audience would the audience went nuts with that scene. Because you're not see you're just like, oh, he's gonna you're he's gonna do some whip work and it's just a wonderful I, by the way, I'm sorry, I had to interrupt. I love that line of like, you can't do this to me. <laughs> American, and I'm like, honey. <laughs> anyway, you were saying. It, it, I mean, just look, he's running, just running full, sweating. I love it. <laughs> and he's starting to look tired. You know, he's his body, let his whole body is 
And he's not doing this very gracefully either. He's just punching baskets. Yeah, he's no, not, uh, he's, he's not, not, not cool. Basket. No, it's he's just doing like it's. He's not being artful about it. <laughs> he's Indiana Jones. It's blunt force. I guess it's just. I guess it comes down to good. The 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 willingness to act quickly and have good decision making skills and luck. Although he has lots of bad luck too. <laughs> oh, they were telling. I, like I said, I, I watched the cinema therapy on this afterwards, and they said that his two greatest strengths are resilience and adaptability, yeah. and that's how he succeeds. Yeah. Because he goes into all these situations with a plan, but plans never go go the way they need and so every time he needs to be able to be resilient enough to keep going yeah he doesn't his, hesitate There's but his no adaptability hesitation. yeah like like when he later gets locked into like the well of souls or whatever it's called um as soon as they close it the first thing he does is look around and looking for the exit and that's the adaptability and those are his two superpowers and this is this is a great scene because Belloc knows that Marion's alive. He's just toying with Indiana Jones. T Indiana Jones feels so bad he's drinking his own pee now. Ugh, it's awful. <laughs> what? I'm just saying. Just look at that shot glass. It just looked like a glass of pee. I'm like, he's so mad at himself. He's just like, I'm gonna drink my own pee. <laughs> I deserve it. Give me a bottle of pee. So what I ever got about the scene is. Does he just feel so bad and he's like just like sure I'll go with the Nazis it's fine. Is that what he this is? He doesn't care. He he he's mad and he's also thinking maybe I can uh maybe I can put a bullet in Belloc's head. He doesn't give a shit right now. He's just like he he'd like to he'd like to kill somebody right now. <laughs> well, he didn't even know that Belloc was there until just now. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't care. <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> it wasn't I who bought the killing this evening. Please sit down before you fall down. <laughs> that look of just like, oh. <laughs> Love the monkey hanging out on him. See how he puts his arm down too, so for the monkey to go down, it's just great. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Did did the monkey take his gun? Is that what that was? I I, I don't understand the passing of the gun there. That's like the one one of the I'm few not scenes. Sure. I don't like, think so. Like, why did they pass the gun? I. They might have just been passing a gun to somebody who could p potentially shoot him. I guess to be like, hey, there's danger around Indy and set the scene, I guess. Yeah, because if the, if the monkey took his gun, they would have showed the monkey grabbing his gun. Yeah. The, the only thing I could think of was they showed the passing of the gun to show that there's danger surrounding Indy. But I feel like it's already, we know the Nazis are there and they have allies and Balak is here. And I was just like, it's a cool scene. But I was just like, eh. I do like this concept of what. Uh, Belloc is saying though like if you take a $10 thing and bury it for 10,000 years it's suddenly priceless I yep. really love that concept because so much of the stuff that we have in museums is like look at this clay bowl, bowl from the year 
1,500 BC, and it's, like, priceless because it's old, but it was probably, like, someone's, like, soup bowl nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Spielberg gonna... was also into like French French guys showing up in his you know a French guy who knows a lot about something because that's happened in Close Encounters too. Who looks very much like Belloc, but it's the director Francois Truffaut. Sala is so yep. good. Sala is the perfect. I, I love man. The, I love the look on his face of just like yeah fuck you. Like, Sala is, like, the perfect wingman, because you could tell, you know he's out there just being like, all right, kids, you yep. gotta go get Uncle Indian. They're all his Three, kids, Three, <laughs> two, one, go. <laughs> I don't know why they all come out and laugh at him, but I like it. I don't need to know why, but I enjoy it, that they all come out and laugh at him. <laughs> just why? There's no reason. They just are. I like it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Just get a little kid just playing the flute in the background. Mm. It's like, uh, it's like a confession booth. Mm-hmm. And the dates, because he was like, it's a date, Marion. Chekhov's dates. Here comes old Sneaky Pete. Yeah. Sweaty and sneaky. You know who who had a bad date? Marion. That guy has to be the fastest guy in and out for like them to not see him, or else there has to be like a wall two feet from the door. I love these nerds. Look at them nerd out. Yeah. See that this is like. Look at that me. monkey just like swinging around out. It's just so well. Everything in this is beautiful. Like way down in the bottom, bottom left, there's that smoke coming up. You can see the city with a telescope. Oh my god! Oh, I missed that in the background. Drop it. I would drop everything to go live in a place like if I could just live in a place like that. Like, look at that! Look at that! That that be your your house. <laughs> Come on, sit sit down. I didn't realize that was the city in the background. That's a nice shot. Yeah. It's probably just a painting sitting right outside that hole. I love him in his glasses, too. I wish he wore his glasses more. Yeah, you can't wear your glasses in these adventures. You get shattered glass in your eye every... Oh, yeah, yeah. Or, or I guess I would like to read... Like, the like if he has to read something without his glasses, he has to squint at it a little bit. I think that would be a really funny, runny joke. I he love does, him. He, whenever he has to read stuff, he will whip his glasses out and put them on. But then when he has to have an idea, he has to take him off so he can see his eyes go bing, bing, bing. I do bing, love bing. whenever they mention the covenant, like the wind picks up and it gets all spooky. Yeah, yeah the, the, the lamps start 
start moving in the background. Like every Silas. look at all this shit just going on in this, you know. Look somebody at those had, lights reflecting on the wall. Yeah, everything, everything. Sala is the best wingman. I really love him. Yes, I do. He really is the best wingman. I don't like Nazis, but is but I like monkeys, and I'll, I'll miss the Nazi monkey. He was just crazy. Oh. He he did. He wasn't a Nazi in his heart. He was just a. He just had a bad master. I I had two things. I just remembered some two things I wanted to say. One was about the scene, and one was about um, a previous scene. So for this scene, it reminds me so much of the line from Andor that Cassian says to Luthen, and I think the third episode, where he's like. They can never, they're so fat and happy and satisfied that they can never imagine you walking into their house. All you have to do is just dress up, dress up and act like you be, like you belong there. And that's exactly what Indy and Sala do. They just dress up and act like they yeah. belong there. And the Nazis never notice because that's their hubris. And and they know how to, and like Sala knows how to act. He starts kissing their ass whenever he's around them. He's just like, oh, blah, 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 blah. And like, cause that's what they, you know, he, they just, they just play it up. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, there's. I mean, there's so many. Like, yeah, the the and and with Andor, like, this is like Hitler was was obsessed with supernatural stuff, and um, and you know, and then you got Palpatine, <laughs> you know, who's mm-hmm. kind of doing his his creepy stuff. So it's all like, yeah, and and I like how Belloc. Is it really a Nazi? He's just he's just a uh, the, the Nazis are means... hangers on. He's a hanger on, you know. Well, to, to me, it might took it as the Nazis are means to an end for Bella. Right. He needs yeah. them to get to the covenant. And if that's the only way, then but that's that, the only way. Like they're means to an end. That's how a lot of that's how a lot of people ended up collaborating with the Nazis is because mm-hmm. they knew like, oh, the you know, there were people there were people who got so much money. Because the Nazis wanted to find the tunnels into the into the you know the Hollow Earth, and so they they would you know be like, well, we we know of this you know guy in Central America, this tribe that says they know of it, and you know the Nazis would be like, you know, here's a boat and you know a shitload of money, set up a you know exploratory mission, and I'm sure there were a lot of people just like rolling into Central America. And uh, <laughs> I don't know why Sala took the rope with him, other than for plot. <laughs> they just rolls down. But the other thing I was going to say, um, and it's a it's a mix. I, I first kind of thought about it during the whole fight scene with like where Indy is like fighting all the people and like Mar- uh, Marion's in the basket and all those. That was when I first started thinking about it, and then later on we have the car chase. Um, it really reminded me of the mod and major domo chase in Book of Boba Fett, and why I was saying that those scenes with the mods chasing the major domo was an homage to movies like this. Like it felt yeah. like it came from these movies, and I was like, you can see the inspiration of why they did stuff like that in Book of Boba Fett from a movie like this, because it feels like a like they were paying homage to a movie like this. Look at him nerding out. God, I love him. So I was just kind of wandering around. He's the best. He's so... Ugh, I really love Sala. Sala and Marion are probably my two favorite characters of the movie. <laughs> Though the very scene-chewing Nazi takes like, also takes the cake. Because he's just really fantastic at every scene he's in. 
Yeah, he's not in it an awful lot though. That's he's just He's more just memorable a, to me memorable to me than Belloc is. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah. This this music is this scene is just one of those great What's scenes. your what's your favorite scene of this movie, Chris, since you've seen it so many times? You had to pick one. Probably the chase in the truck. Chasing down the truck. It's one of the most brutal just set pieces ever put on film. And it, and it's it's just everything is just so timed out, but that is just like the, the, the set piece of the movie where he's just he's got his eyes on the prize, you know, finally. And he just goes. And I love how they've got like already the they've already like put graffiti on it. I love his face. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, how? Bye. It's having a having an archaeologist moment. See? <laughs> yeah, dude. Like probably my my favorite my favorite indie moment I think is coming up. Though I have to say also my favorite stupid moment of the entire movie happens is coming up as well. And it was made me go, oh, Indy's a little bit of a himbo. Just a little bit. <laughs> just well, he touch. breaks it so they can't figure it out. But No, no, no. It's not got, this moment. So, it's not this moment. It's coming up. No, There's one I'm movie. Saying he, he, he breaks that stick so they don't know. But he's got to still take one end of it with him. He just throws both of them on the floor. It's like, that, that doesn't help. They still got both ends of the stick. No, no, but that's not the moment. There's one moment in particular. I was like, really? You're doing this now? You are slight, slightly a humbo. I do like this plan that he comes up with, though. Because normally, like, you would rescue the girl and sneak her out. He's like, no, yeah. you need to be I like here. How She's so pissed. It's so great. She's so mad at it, too. She's like, what the fuck? Untie me! See, this is his superpower, adaptability. Yeah, but then he starts thinking, he's just like, uh, wait a minute. He has to adapt to it. He has to adapt to the situation. Yeah, he, he's like a kid. But she's so pissed. It's so she's so mad. I love Marion. She's like, I'm gonna fucking kill you, man. <laughs> I mean, I would be too. I'd be pissed off too. I'd be wanting to be like, uh, oh, get yeah. the fuck out No, I mean, it's pretty intense that he's got to tie her up again. <laughs> yeah. So this this is coming up on my favorite indie moment. I, I think of the entire thing. Um, so he's looking, he's searching, and it's when he gets it to the right place he just like stares at it and smiles, and it's because he knows it's there. He knows it's, he's about to make history, and he just takes that moment in the middle of all these Nazis and all these evil people. When he realizes it's right here, when he realizes it is, he just takes a moment to appreciate it. This is my favorite indie moment right here. It's so it's it's no dialogue or anything. It's just him just being uh -huh. impressed with it, and I love that moment. That's my favorite indie moment of him as a he's hero. He's like, he's like, boom, I got it. 
I yeah, got and it. he and he appreciates the moment of it, unlike these guys and Belloc, and they're just like, Burr. well, and he's also just like, and you know what? It's way over here where nobody's even paying attention. But again, it also shows the hubris of the Nazis because they're just like, oh, I guess somebody told them to dig over there. Nobody double checks it. I, this too, where he hold, where he holds up his hand. <laughs> Ribbit. Honestly, Indy would not have survived this movie without Sala on multiple occasions. Because you know that all these people are, are Sala's friends, not his. Because they're all captured later. It's not just Sala. Indiana too. Jones is all, it's, we're, we're 57 minutes in. He's only taken five blows. They're all coming. Uh, oh, there's a lot more coming, but I'm seriously surprised how low a count we are now. It's about to go up way high. Oh, the car chase alone has like 15 at least. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. The dumb moment is coming where I was just, this right here, why are you changing with the sun up and putting on your goddamn hat so everybody knows it's you, Indiana Jones? You are a slight himbo right here. And it, all it takes is one little Nazi to look over and go, hey, He's not one of us. Why are you standing in the goddamn sun? Well, if you think that about it, though. That is one stupid look at, moment of the movie. Well, look at his. But remember the guy that was chasing him around downtown was pretty much the same silhouette. So still, he. It, it, I, I get it at night, like if he changed at night. But the sun is still up. All it takes is someone to look over and goes. Yeah. That's not one of ours. Yeah, but they just wanted that beautiful orange shot. That's oh, I totally <laughs> get it, but it made me go, what are you doing, you idiot? <laughs> it looked so beautiful on the big screen, too. I bet it did, but it still made me go, you're a little bit of a himbo, aren't you? Just a little bit. You're not a full himbo because you're clearly smart and have plans and adapt and everything, and you prepare for these situations. Uh, the, guy's, the guy's excited. Give him a break. Yeah. I do love that. Like the closer I we get the to it, the worse, the worse the, the weather gets. I love doesn't it, the like, weather. Doesn't like a little bit of like mist come up or something when they when they pop the seal is. Yeah. <laughs> like like the contents of it were under pressure. <laughs> that part did make me laugh. Then he apologized like, oh, oh sorry. Why is the floor moving? Why does the floor move? The little foible of him not liking snakes, it's great. What? That's a shit ton of snakes, though. Ugh. Ugh. Uh. So here's the thing. I like snakes. I think they're great when they're behind glass and with trainers and stuff like that. And if they're outside, awesome. But the thing is, anything that can climb up a wall with no feet and arms is up the devil. <laughs> I've seen a snake slither vertically up a brick wall and I was like, oh, hell yeah. no, you devil. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they sure do. 
They come up through toilets. <laughs> I love her in this scene where she's just like, who doesn't get food and water? She's just grabbing food and stuff in her mouth. I love this. She's like, okay, I will, and grabs it in her mouth. It's so indignant. I love Marion. I must apologize for the treatment of you. Chug it, Marion. We know you can. Oh, I'd be chugging the water first. Yeah. And look at her adapting. She's thinking. She picks up the knife and sees it. Oh, yeah. No, she knows. She, she, she's good knows she'll be able to play him. He's already getting all French on her. Yeah, but why? this is the part, like, why the dress? Does he just walk around with dresses in case he runs into a hot lady? Like, I don't, this is the one yes, part. Yes, because he's a kinky, weird Frenchman. Ugh. I would very much like to see you in it. Hey, 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 my bride. <laughs> She's just like, all right, all right, cha-cha heels. All right, I'm feeling it. Some some heels in the desert. Yeah, you know, come on. (laughs) Weirdo. Yeah. And and that's why I like the drinking scene so much in, like, her introduction. Because if it wasn't for that scene, this would fall flat. Because the moment he takes yeah. out that bottle, I know exactly what she's, she's about to do. She's, yeah, it's just she's like, about all right, to play but, him. But then again, he's French. Yeah. They can drink. But she was drinking, out drinking fucking Sherpas. <laughs> 300-pound Sherpas. And she just she just put that knife aside for later, too. Luckily, though, he was acting the snakes. They were the, all the snakes were like separated by glass. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I assume that these are like you know, un, like there's, they, they de-venom the snake. Like they wouldn't actually do like. Oh, no, so there's, oh, so there's glass there. Yeah, there's there's glass between him and this. Whenever you see him and snakes at the same, this scene is famously there's a pane of glass there. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's laws about how you got to treat actors. <laughs> oh, I know, but I, I would also figure like either this is an animatronic or a puppet, or it's a no, defanged, or it's a it's defanged. A well, they can defang cobras too. I think they can. I don't know if they're allowed to. They might have been in 1981, but I I don't think they were. De- I think they were. Just I mean real, that, real that movie Milo that movie Milo and Otis threw a cat over a waterfall famously. Yeah, but that was illegal. <laughs> it was illegal. And, and yeah. I'm sure they're just spraying the snakes with water, not actually no, hurting I, them. I, I heard I heard like they went through several of the the actor the the animal actors. I heard several of the Milo and Otis actors actor pet animal actors didn't make it through Milo Otis. No, but I also it was an overseas creepy as hell. Yeah. Like I loved that movie as a child and then when I 
as an adult when I found that out, I was like, oh, God, that was one of my favorite Christ. childhood movies. And now it's ruined. Yeah, it's 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 like horrifying. It's horrifying to know that. But isn't it? it wasn't it made overseas? I don't know. Hold on. Hope's going to Google this. <laughs> Milo. I can't spell. And I, I had I accidentally like smashed my screen. So I had to like get my screen replaced and I was like, fuck it. And I bought like an auto box for my phone. And my God, I hate it. But it keeps me from smashing my screen again. The Adventures of Milo and o- o- Otis, or A Kitten Story, is an alternate English title for The Adventures of Chartran, which is a 1986 Japanese adventure. Okay, so it's Japanese. A nice comedy one. drama about two animals, Milo, an orange tabby cat, and Otis, a pug. The original Japanese version, narrated by Shigeru uh, Suyuki, and with poetry recited by Kyoto Koizumi, was released on July 12, 1986. Huh. And it was narrated by Dudley Moore when it came to America. Uh, production. Um, animal cruelty allegations. Here we go. That's a big piece of rock for those two guys to lift. Just gotta say. That's like a ton. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when the film was released, several Australian animal rights organizations raised allegations of animal cruelty during filming and called for a boycott. The, su- the Sunday Mail reported at the time that Animal Liberation Queensland founder Jackie Kent alleged that killing that they killed uh, more than 20 kittens during the production and was added that she was disturbed by the reports from Europe, which alleged that other animals had been injured. As in one case where the producer had allegedly broken a cat's paw to make it appear unsteady on its feet. Oh, Jesus. Well, one se- what other sorry guys um uh one other scenes that were a source of controversy was the scene of a cat falling off a cliff and trying to climb back up and a scene of a pug fighting a bear all of which were deleted from the american version <laughs> thank god um so uh, the organization also reported, we have tried through humane, uh, through humane people in Japan and though the Japanese producer to determine if the rumors are true, but everything has led to a dead end. So that there's not an investigation, but I didn't find anything. And the same report noted right. that several Japanese humane societies allowed their names I to gotta, be used. I, I just got a Raiders of the Lost Arcus and point out there's a really good visual gag coming here. I love this gag. I was like, what the fuck is he doing with that? And then he puts it together and it's a hanger. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. He chews every fucking scene he's in. And I love him. I love him. So, um, the Japanese Humane Society allowed their names to be used in connection with the film and that the film had shown no animals being injured or harmed during its creation. So, it's hard to tell. I don't know if I buy that. I, (laughs) I don't know either. So... I love this reveal. And you know what the fun thing about this is? Like, now that I've watched this, I get a lot of the gags. Like, there's an episode, I believe it's Clone Wars. I do know it's one of the Ryloth episodes, but I think it's the one where Wat Tambor is on Ryloth at the end of season one. And in the background, you see them carrying the Art of the Covenant like this. 
And now I get it. I get it, Chris. I get the Clone so, Wars references. So R2 and C3PO are in the hieroglyphics in here, too, Some in, in a couple places. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's you, you. You can find you can Google image search to find where they've circled them out. But there's, yeah, R two and three PO are, are hanging out in some hieroglyphics. There's, I, I think, I think it's in Luthen's shop. There's an image of Indy in the background of Luthen's shop because it's a guy with a hat and a bull whip. And it's only in one episode because I, I was watching the screen crush do the Easter eggs and they pointed it out and I was like, yeah. oh, I'm watching that in a few weeks. <laughs> I love how he's so excited. So there's your uh, horrible takes on Milo and Otis and um, I hope you're all traumatized, everybody. Oh, I do understand why they find them now, though, because everybody else is asleep. See, this makes sense, though, because everybody else is asleep, so why would there be people up there? I just love that everybody just lies down and goes to sleep. <laughs> A little, hiya! <laughs> Stay back! Stay back, snakes! We're gonna get you, snakes! The rope falls and he just looks at well, it. I like, I like how he starts climbing. It's just like, come on. <laughs> Look at that. Whoa, he whipped right up there. <laughs> so because Megan has corrupted me, we've been talking a lot about Interview with the Vampire and Anne Rice Vampires and stuff like that. And I did have a moment watching this one. He was like, hello, what are you doing in such a nasty place? I'm like, that's a Lestat line. <laughs> He'd be like, Louie, why are you down in that nasty crib? Yeah. Come on up here. By the way, everybody, watch the new interview with the vampire show on AMC. It's really good. Super gay. They take all the homosexual subtext of the book and they're like, no, it's just the text. Louie's just going to be gay. Openly gay. It's great. I love it. And this black. is the age of gay vampires because you got, um, um, well, what what we do in the shadows is just like I they love just, they what we like do in the everything. shadows. God, yeah. Have to have a panty shot. Panty shot. Hey. Boop. <laughs> I love her climbing up his body. <laughs> Legs over shoulders. <laughs> I can't. I can't believe she didn't break her hip on that statue on the way down. I love, <laughs> I love her spider crawling up his that's, body. That's some great physical acting there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The girl was mine. The Fuhrer promised me the girl. Well, I guess I'm not getting laid tonight. I have to go buy another creepy dress for the next woman I meet. Oh, well. And so this is what I was talking about with, uh, oh, look at Sala. He's so sad. Uh, 
I, I, it's cool, but it still makes me laugh as well. And I like that that she, hey, add that one. He got burned. I would count that as a gut punch. Add that to your tally. We're only at six. We have to strip you more. You wear less and less throughout the movie, Marion. Come on. Men directed this and wrote it. (laughs) I always wonder, like, why do snakes live here and not leave? Like, what food did they eat? I guess each other? I don't know. I guess, like, mice and rats would want to live in something like this. It would be cooler. You know, it would be a a good place to, to live. It's out of the desert heat. Stable temperature. Hey, sup? I'm a snake. Sup, boy? The the snake the mice eat the dead snakes and the snakes eat the mice. I love this just bap. <laughs> Here we go. Priceless treasure. Let's destroy this priceless treasure. Well, you know it's the yeah. only way to save their lives. Yeah, yeah. I feel like if it was Anybody any other situation, then he'd be like, no, we have to protect it. But they're like, no, we're going to die if we don't. Let's go. And we're, we're coming up onto what one of my other favorite sequences from the movie, the flying wing. Oh, the plane the, sequence? The fight on the flying wing. Oh, it's yeah. good. It's good. Your that, tally is about to go way up. Yeah, way up. And 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 really, this is like the ultimate Harrison Ford acting physical violence being enacted upon him scene. I think it's just, there's part, there's a part where his knees go knobby. That's just wonderful. Steven Spielberg. Have you ever seen poltergeist? This is like, this is totally right. Steven Spielberg only produced poltergeist, but it had almost the same scene in it. I like how he's just like, no, it's fine. They're just dead people. Let's go, honey. <laughs> Stop freaking yeah. out. Let's go. They're not going to hurt you. <laughs> Come on, sweetie. <laughs> You're doing great. But I'll be honest. Like, if I was Marion, I'd, I'd be in the exact same position of like, oh, my God. And like, really, you, you just see that she's like in a corner and he just kind of pulls her out the corner and it's fine. Another like 800 pound block. Right? 800 pound block of foam. <laughs> I do like this scene though. This was a really cool scene. Because, like, that was something that we were talking about, what you were talking about with, like, Rise of Skywalker, how, like, you can't see, like, what's happening in any of the action because it's so muddled. And as you were saying, like, this is just a series of dominoes. Like, you see yes. each step along the way. Every step is meticulously, yeah. That and and yeah, the rises. Yeah, that's a great example of like action sequences that are just like things moving, you know, mm-hmm. stuff moving and happening. And this is stuff moving and happening. You know, everything that's moving, everything is is leading to the next thing. It's you know. And I love that Marion is not passive in this fight. Like 
She's like, I'm, okay, I'm gonna get the blocks. Oh no, I'm locked in here? Well, I guess I have the gun now. I love, this has to be someone's gay awakening of like him taking off his shirt. This, I, and the funny thing is he looks so much like Brian from Pink Milk. And I'm like, I bet this was Brian's gay awakening. <laughs> of someone just being like, even though he's a Nazi, like just seeing that big old bear of a man taking off his shirt, <laughs> pulling off his gloves. just like, yeah, I'm about to fight you, bitch. <laughs> yeah. He, he, not that he's, he's just like, oh yes, a fight. I'm and look, he's favorite. He's say, he's just doop doop doop. I love that little... look on Indy's face. Like, all right, fine, okay, I'm coming, I'm coming. Because it's not an honorable fight, too. Like he tries to cheat a few times. Like he, but he's surviving. <laughs> like that that body language. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, start your tally. One. <laughs> oh, Cody. 30? You're up to 30? No, no. I've, I, he already has gotten one from the other guy. Oh, one. Two. Legs just go wobble, wobble, wobble. But as you count, um, I'll talk. So, yeah, like, this could have been so easy to, like, make Marion not active at all in the scene, but she does. Like, she gets the block, she gets the guy, and the guy... The guy hits the Jesus, thing, so yeah. she's she's not freaking out. She's like, oh, I'm going to solve the problem. Let me solve the problem Pocket and get this it. guy off of him. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I'm locked in here now. Well, I'm but just going to get the it gun. it starts up another domino. Yeah, there's one. And now now you got the ship circling. Now she's locked in the ship. It's, so it's what's she going to every... do? She could freak out, but no, she just takes the gun and starts fighting. And, like, she takes out more people in this scene than Indy does. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she's probably up to, like, a body count of, like, six by now. And Indy's still on, like, the second guy. Right? So, yeah, like, she's so great in this scene. Like, I, I really love Marion in this, now this movie. Now now the, now you got the fuel going across the ground. You always see it. It's just wonderful. There's oh the gun is you know under the wheel. It's just ah, uh, it's how you do it. Mm-hmm. What's your so count up to now? We're up to fifteen now. I love it. I love it. It's just like, oh, well, there's, where's Indiana Jones? Follow the black smoke. <laughs> I also love the half theme songs. Like, oh, Indy's going to go save her. Oh, no, the guy's back. And then, like, the theme song just yeah. drops out. It's like, heroic moment is coming. Oh, no, we're, no, no, no. Hold on. We're not there yet. <laughs> I love a good half theme where it's just like, ah, I fixed you out. There's 16. three right there. Okay, we're up to 18. Oh, 19. 20. <laughs> 21. This is so gruesome. Yeah, just breaking his nose. He doesn't no, care. The, no, the saw. The saw effect of the propeller blades. That oh, is so yeah. gruesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, this was a big scene in the movie. It was just like, what? What do you mean? Swoop. This movie does not shy away from blood. No, it does not. Yeah! 
Boom, bitches! I love it. And you know, the, the gas in the foreground. Big, big money shot. <laughs> I want to be a dip. You see him, he's just like, ah, oh, it's Indian Jones. <laughs> but they, they get the whole thing that everybody has hats in these days, and everybody, like, use it, like, he's using his hat to wave away the smoke, and, like, everybody's, like, natural in their 40s hats. I love it. Salah, who just manages to just get let go of every time he gets caught. Yeah, because... That that goes back to the hubris, though, which is because they they're so full of themselves. Sala probably just like blends in with everybody else, and Blend probably in. when they yep. when the Nazis see everybody else, they're like, "Oh, he looks like all the other people." And yeah, stuff he like just that. backs into the crowd, and, and yeah, and like, look, like they they know that they're they they're getting their culture stolen. What are they gonna do about it? And like, he just blends in with everybody else, and that's why why well, Sala is like so smart. This is such a good scene. And I love the scene like when yeah. Indiana gets back, all the people help hide him. I don't know. I'm just making this up as I go. That's the this best line. The, I'm just getting sucked. I'm just getting sucked into this because here we go. It's like, get that horse and here we go. <laughs> And they're all cheering him on. They're like, yeah, go get him, other white guy. <laughs> Riding around, we're riding in a truck. Gotta ride in the truck. We got some funny goggles. We're all going around. And you can tell who the evil guy is because he is in black. I did have a moment of like, how do you catch up with them so fast? They're in a truck, and then I was like, wait, he's on a horse. He doesn't have to go on roads. He, he could just, he could just keep. Yeah, I felt so them dumb. Off. Yeah, yeah, I felt so dumb when I thought about that. I was just like, duh, he doesn't have to be on the road. Hope, stop being an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and the horse is like, what the fuck are you doing? This is a truck, yeah. you asshole. I like the guys in the truck are like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> he just gets this look on his face. Like Harrison Ford's such a good at. He gets a look on his face that just says, "Okay, this is possible." <laughs> this might be controversial to say, but to me, Harrison Ford's a better actor in this movie than he is in the original trilogy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because I think. I mean, he, I mean, he has more the, layers he's on screen the whole time. He's just the he's the main character, and he gets to. Uh oh, hey, I, hang on, I gotta pay attention here. He's getting in a lot of the blows here, but this is just fucking brutal. Oh, the Wilhelm scream. I did have a moment where I was like, ah, oh, the Wilhelm scream, there it is. I, I just put a Wilhelm scream into an audio drama today. <laughs> <laughs> this was the scene that reminded me of the mods, the other scene that reminded me of the mods in Book of Boba Fett. Um, mm -hmm. ch chasing the major domo, like it's that scene is such a homage to these kind of movies, and that's why I'm like, I I know they're going like ten miles an hour and stuff like that, and it looks campy, and that's because it is. It's paying homage to scenes like this, and that's why I love that scene in Book of Boba Fett. And I love he gets control of the truck. He's just like, 
ramming speed. <laughs> right? Right? I he's he's not just he's he's, he's an so aggressor smart. too. <laughs> yeah, he's so smart. Like he's washing his mirrors, he sees them coming up and he's just like, "Nope." Because this is exactly what would happen if a semi driver was on the highway and was just like, "I'm going to be an asshole." Pow! My car's three times bigger than yours. Yeah. Pow! This is how it would be if a semi truck driver went crazy on the highway. Uh, just the the most the feeling of motion in every shot. Like that bike stands no chance to this truck. No. I do like that you don't see that one too. You just like you see him just smile and then the next shot they're in the water and you know what happened. They don't have to show like every shot, and I think that's smart. And I think like sometimes movies can either show too little or too much. Yeah. Um which is you can really see like i mean this is a story like uh, the storyboard of this come to life matt shot i love that shot bye bye nazis i'm just like all right i'm just gonna ram into shit we This this is this is up there with Mad Max movies as far as this sort of thing. Have you ever seen the, any of the Mad no, Max? No, every that's time you I've ask me, that maybe that's our next commentary. You make me watch Mad, the Mad Max movies. I, I yeah, I, I'd almost just want to do Fury Road because that one would be the one that would. Wow, well, I don't know. They're all so good. Awesome. Oh, good. he just hit your tally. He just got shot. Got your tally. Yeah, we're up to 25. Ah! It's about to get punched in, in his bullet wound, too. See, if I was one of these guys, I'd be like, you know what? I'm just going to jump off the truck and be like, oh, no, I fell. Whoops. Whoops. Oh, I fell. Indiana oh, Jones got me. I tried. Oh, sorry, Fear. I guess I have to live another day. I love that hat. 26. <laughs> the hat blow That's a great shot. 29. 30. Now, do you count, like, each individual blow? Like, he's about to go Everything. over a truck. Everything. So we should be up to 30 now. Yes, we are. That's such a dangerous stunt, and I can't believe it's Ford doing it. Well, they were going very slowly. They, the The camera is under cranked. You can see it a little bit. His, you'll notice his movements are a little herky jerky when he starts going under the truck, and especially when he, when he hangs behind the truck. You can see they, 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 they ran the film slow when they filmed it so that it played back faster. Yeah, I love. I love this. Everything. It's just everything is a. And Everything just keeps going wrong with him, and he's got to keep adapting. That's a superpower. That's very, that that that's a very implausible little thing there, but it's great. And they were talking. There, so you can see this is all sped up where he's dragging behind him. Because like that that's something that they were talking about in uh because so, the thing I I love cinema therapy because it's two guys. One's a licensed therapist, and the other one's a professional filmmaker. I love that bit by the way of him just being like yeah. Forward, back, forward, back, forward. And they were talking about that, about how um, 
uh, uh, the, the filmmaker, uh, Alan, was talking about the making of the scene and stuff like that. Everyone go watch Cinema Therapy, guys. It's a really good YouTube channel. I love it. It's one of my personal favorites. They had a fun time doing covering this. Kapow! Get on the road! He's so hostile looking when he's jamming that thing into high gear. Yeah, he's gear. so hostile. And then here, you see the humu humanity come out of him. Like, he just... The, the, the problem's over, and the humanity, he's in pain, and he's just like, alright, I can actually be in pain now, they're all gone. And he lets his, the adrenaline come down, and I like that. And also, when he gets back, all the people help hide him, because you can see... Oh, yeah. And this is, this is Sala's influence. Like, right here, this is Sala's influence of being part of his community and showing the community working together to hide him. And that's such a nice little moment, too, because, like I said... Sala is the wingman of this movie. Him and Marion both. Like, Indy would not succeed if not for those two. And this is showing both of their strength. Throws it at the dog to be extra evil. The dog like we never see, but we just hear. <laughs> now he's, like, kind of limping along. <laughs> I love this pirate character, and I hate that he's only in, like, two scenes in, like, three minutes of the movie. Katanga. Matanga, yeah. Katanga is, he's such a Katanga. cool character. Katanga. Yeah. Katanga. He's so cool. He's, like, totally awesome. He stands up to the Nazis. He thinks on his feet as well. He's so, like, slick. I love this character. And, I, like, as soon as they, like, went away on the U-boat, I was like, no, Katanga's such a cool character. Come back. Like, he's almost, like, just from his body, like, like his, he, he seems like, like, uh, an African character who might have, like, ended up in Europe somewhere, like, in France or somewhere. And so he's got, like, sort of halfway between the two cultures. You know, he's got a very... He, he's got a very, like, educated air about him, but he's also a pirate, you know? Mm -hmm. It's it, he, he, it's it, it's just all just stuff with just such little screen time, but he you sort of get a rough sketch impact, of it, though. you know? Huh? He leaves such an impact, though, which is, like, the power of that actor, too. He leaves... Because he says hello here, and then the Nazis show up, and, he, and he's just like... Go to the hole, we'll hide you. And then he bullshits the Nazi to his face. Like, we killed Jones. He's not here anymore. He's not worth anything to us. And he it's those three scenes. And he leaves such an impact. And I, I adore that character. And I, I hate that Katanga's only in, like, three minutes of this movie. Because <laughs> he's so cool. And I was like, I hope you're in, like, other, like, comics or whatever. I like how Sala is so happy just because he got kissed. <laughs> He's just like, yes! <laughs> I did I good! Got, I got what I wanted. Alright, I already know there's one more blow coming in. I'm going to add that in right now. In the... the mirror? Yeah. <laughs> I love how it cuts outside the ship to the scream. I've seen this movie so many times. I <laughs> love it. Part of me I love the, I know she it was an accident, but I like to think she did slightly on purpose. Like, and this is for tying me back up. Bam! Yeah. Now we're even. <laughs> like that was her getting even for him ditching her at the dig site. 
that's a good line it's not the years it's the mileage i yeah. i feel that sometimes i'm like today i feel older than my age wait wait till we get to crystal skull when it's the years and the mileage <laughs> oh really you got six well i mean Harrison Ford does a good job, at he, but, you know, he's playing Indiana Jones in the 50s, so he's playing an, uh, an older version of Indiana Jones. He's so, got to. <laughs> how, how are you feeling about the fifth movie? How do you feel about that? She I kissed was, him I on was, the weenus. I had to say that. She kissed his weenus. All right, go on. It was her. Um, um, I wasn't really into it. Like, Crystal Skull, a lot of people were like, he's too old for Crystal Skull. Scott Gardner was one of those guys like, God, come on. And then, but then I saw Scott Gardner posted a picture of Empire Magazine, which I think is like a New York State like magazine type thing. And they did a thing on the new, and it had a picture of Indiana Jones standing in the streets of New York City, like looking up towards the Empire State Building. And there's like these gold lines, like, you know, sci fi energy beams just wrapped all around New York city and flying up towards the sky and sort of blowing him out in the gold light of it. And I'm like, and Scott Gardner was like, I'm sold. And I'm like, you know, I kind of am too. It looked in, it looked like an interesting, it looked weird. So I, I'm curious to see, I, I don't know how into an Indiana Jones movie without Steven Spielberg directing it. I am. So we'll see. I'm, hmm. I'm interested. I'm interested. Harrison Ford's a good, always a good actor, you know. I love that this mouse is just like, eh. Not, and I love that the arc is just like, yeah. <laughs> fuck you. That's why I'm like, why did they leave it in a warehouse? It's gonna burn its way out, and everything's gonna be gone. No, it was just burning the Nazi thing. I mean, I mean, this is uh, this is an Old Testament Jewish artifact. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's just. I love that just, scene. That just the go 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 go. Like, Katana is such a cool character, and he's barely in here. Can I also say the? Correct me if I'm wrong. Aren't German U-boats submarines? Yes. Don't they under, go under, under uh, all the way underwater? Boats. You U-boats underwater boats. Yes, there is much. Now it is also. There is also it is also more fuel efficient to to have them travel like a boat above water. Okay, if they don't have, about that, if they because... don't have to be underwater, they it's 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 it uses less fuel and is safer to travel, you know, above above water. Okay, because I was wondering about that because I was like, I see him writing on the top. What happens when it goes yeah. underwater? Is isn't he just fucked? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's always been that's always been brought up and that's the only thing I can think of. They never like I don't know. Maybe I should. I, I read the novelization when I was a kid. I have it here. I should read it and see if it says anything about, like, you know, how it how it fills that in. Yeah. Th this scene right here, though, like, this was the other, like, really cool Katanga scene. Because he is doing everything in his power to protect yep. Jones and Marion. And... And... But he's also protecting his men as well, because his men's gonna be dying, and he's playing it right. up. Right, and he's such a cool character, and then we never see him again. Does he? He doesn't come back in the other movies, does he? No, he doesn't. He has come back in the comic books. 
Okay, because he needs to. And oh, I just want to punch the 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 guy for calling him a savage. Like that's such a slur. Yeah, oh. no, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying he's calling him a savage, and see his face. He's like, I've got. I went to the Sorbonne, you fucker. <laughs> I studied at the Sorbonne. I fucking hung out in Paris with fucking the great intellectuals. I'm in a fucking turtleneck, you asshole. And that's, and that's another theme of this movie is nobody likes the Nazis. Nobody's no. Everybody's gonna, you know, they're only gonna help the Nazis when they're forced to. You know, as far as the common people, you know, they're always the as soon as the Nazis turn their back, everybody else is just like, yeah, fuck these guys. I love this line right here. It's like we can't find Jones. Look again. I found him. He's right there. <laughs> this made me laugh. <laughs> I like this line. But there, and then they're all like, yeah, there's, bye. There's there's a there's a there's a there's a scene similar. In, in the crystal skull that I love where it's just like, oh, yep, there's Indiana Jones. You don't understand. He's doing his thing. <laughs> Bye, Katanga. You're the coolest character in this. I, I like how he just gives him a little like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the part where I was waiting for like the submarine to go under the water and I was like, Indiana's about to be fucked. Is he just going to crawl inside of a Nazi U-boat? No, he just rides it the whole way there. And I was like, did they never go underwater? <laughs> what? Like in the in the in the comic they show a picture of him like lashed to it with his whip, but this is a long trip they're taking. Right, yeah. like I I love that there there are real there are real island old abandoned Nazi bases like this. As a matter of fact, this was filmed at one of them. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I did not know that. I learned a thing. The more you know, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. This 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 shot per, this shot right here is in a real, real old abandoned Nazi installation. I I love this scene with him trying to put on the shirt and it's too small. <laughs> <laughs> it's such. We, we you don't get it's enough scenes. Something that never happens in one of these. I love how I love right, how the guys. Have, that's the exact thing. It doesn't happen in movies. Like, he would just put on the shirt and go, but yeah. the fact that, that it's a comedy beat, and then the, the German guy comes up, he's like, why is your uniform not right, dude? And he's just like, I guess it's, like, shrank in the wash, I guess. And then he knocks out the other guy. Like, it's played for a comedy beat. And it's, like, those little things that, like, makes this, like, this so much fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Not a word. Guys, probably like, why are you not in uniform? I love the hat flip too. <laughs> that 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 she's look. The hat flip is wonderful. I don't feel comfortable with this Jewish tradition. Well, dude. <laughs> Just another another little touch. But can we argue that Bellic or whatever missed his chance to kill the Fuhrer? Because if they open this in Berlin with fucking Hitler there, 
problem would have been solved. Good job, Bella. Yeah. Like you made Hitler yeah. live. Never thought of that. I never thought of that. Yeah. Yeah, you could have killed Hitler and you didn't. That would have <laughs> been an interesting end to World War II. <laughs> right. Almost as good as, have you seen Inglorious Bastards? That has a good fake uh, alternate history end of World War II. No, I haven't. I just Very assume good. I haven't seen movies, Chris. <laughs> I love that, that he just fucking shoulder checked him. Poor Marion has to walk around in a nightgown for the rest of this damn movie. <laughs> Get that lady a shirt. This has one of the greatest scenes on it. I don't know if he can see it as well on the the um, little screen, but on the big screen when the fly goes in his mouth. It, yeah, it, I did see it. that. I had to go backwards and I was like, did, he, did that just really happen? And I, I think, I think the I think the fly. actor just I think the actor just went with it, and they were like, "Oh my god, a fly just flew in his mouth. This is beautiful. Look right? at that dome. It's just like it's like Satan flying into him." I do like this scene. Of, I love how Indi it's just of Indiana. Indiana just gets a fucking bazooka. Because I, I do, I think it says so much about how, like, you know, I, I was giving Bellick a lot of shit, but I, I, I'm kind of going back on it now because he he appeals to the historical side, like the nerd side, and he's right. Like Indiana doesn't want to doesn't want to blow him up, and also Marion, run the other way where there are less Nazis to catch you. <laughs> run the other way. I like how, look at him, he just sits down, he's just like, ah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Can we go? I'm wearing all black in a there desert, goes, everybody. There goes the fly. He's in the background not giving a shit. He's like, all right, the, the girls are talking again. I'm just going to sit in the back. Not even paying attention. Look at him in black. He's not even paying attention to any of this. He's like got a cloth out and is like cleaning his pocket watch or something. Right? When you're so evil that you can't even give a shit. Get Get this is this is what was the one scene that won Bellic over to me because like this is where I was just like yes you're actually a good villain here because he's appealing to the nerd side of Indiana and like yeah he's yeah. not going to he, like he knows can't do it yeah yeah because he could do it. I do like this line. We're all passing through history, and like this is loving history. Boy, I've been too much into like Anne Rice vampires. <laughs> <laughs> it's all Megan's fault. And he knows. Ugh. Yep. Such a good scene. Fade out. Fade out! This is also very reminiscent of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh, 
but it doesn't turn out like those cigars of mankind. I love this scene. But this shows like where all of Indiana's preparation came in too, where um, you know we were saying how he doesn't really do anything, but no, like this was all his preparation. He saves Marion's life because of this, and his own yeah, because no, they're no, the only yeah. ones that close their eyes. Yeah, no, that's the that's the thing that comes out of it is he and Marion get away with their lives, but Andy keeps keeps it from Hitler, although as we know <laughs> that might not have been a good as as great a thing. Yeah, Bellic, you could have killed Hitler. Good job, dude. It's funny, Bellic looks like a totally different person when he's all geared up there. You really did. I actually didn't recognize him right away that that was him until we started talking, and I was like, oh, well, that's Belak. I, I didn't recognize him right away. I love how the Nazis is like, yeah, good work, idiots. <laughs> there are two Nazis that are very smart, and I think I missed them already. But it's like right when the ritual starts, like they move to the back of the line. And I was like, yeah. you two are the smartest Nazis in this room. <laughs> you guys are getting the fuck out of there. Good. You guys, you guys won the smartness award today. <laughs> Yeah, right about now, I'd be like... I'd be like, yeah, I'm leaving. Goodbye. <laughs> this might sound weird to say, but it also kind of reminds... These two guys, yeah, look at them. They're like, bye, we're leaving. Okay, bye. <laughs> Smartest Nazis. But then they stop, and then they're dumb again. And I was like, no, you should have just ran. Let's keep going. You know what this scene also reminds me of that I actually kind of wonder about a little bit? Have you ever seen the movie Prince of Egypt? It's an animated no. movie. It's a yeah. it's a gorgeous DreamWorks animated movie. And it's it's one of the best 2D animated movies ever made. And I, and I stand by that fully as an animation person. Um, the scene where the Passover happens and like the spirit comes, it looks so much like these specters. So I do, I have to, I do wonder if Prince of Egypt kind of took a little nod from this because might have, might have, because I like I, how the, I like how how uh, the one Nazis just like oh interesting. All their faces melting off is awesome. crazy. It was in the movie theater. People were just like what. Oh my god! His very clear puppet explodes. The melting faces. Yeah. <laughs> the, and the, the puppet arms go a weird way. Just like, bleep! When I actually saw this scene, I thought it was throwing the Ark into the ocean until the lid came back down. Like, I thought this was the Ark flying into the ocean. <laughs> and I was like, oh, there it goes. And now it just gets sucked right back down like nothing happened. That's a cool effect, though, for the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Boop. 
Komp. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I don't need that $5,000 anymore. I just want to go home. Probably peed myself a little bit. <laughs> so I guess they stole the U-boat to get off the island? Or maybe they just got on a radio and radioed, radioed the U.S. Okay, so about the sending, now that we're here. Maybe they radioed Katanga and he came, got, came and got him. Oh, probably, because he's the best character after Saul and Marion, with Saul and Marion, for completely different reasons. Um, so, as everybody knows, as I was saying, this was my first time ever seeing this movie. And the way this movie ends made me laugh so hard. And I was laughing so hard that my stepmom, who has seen this movie, came over and she was like, are you okay? And I looked at her and I was like, they just stuck the Ark of the Covenant in a warehouse. That's how this movie ends? And she goes, yeah, that's how the movie ends. And I was like, are you serious? And she's like, yep, that's the end. And I was like, what the fuck? It's called a punchline. Called a punchline. It's called, it's called, it's called, yep, that's exactly what the government would do with this too, you know, and it's, it's, it's so smart though, because of course now nobody can find it because they have to go through so much fucking bureaucratic red tape to find the damn Ark of the Covenant. It's actually pretty damn safe. Well, it's because it doesn't mean anything to the, to, to the, our government, except that we should have it. So the Nazis can't have it. Right. And so, and, and. And it also is kind of downplaying that our government wouldn't try to get the power of the Ark too. But I guess it's just saying our government just doesn't even believe in it, and just like, yeah, well, we'll just now, keep it I away from the Nazis. What I think is interesting is if they have the Ark and the Covenant here, what's all this other stuff? And so that was actually a question I wanted to ask you. That I don't care if I'm being spoiled. Do we? Is all this stuff important shit like that? Like, yes, is, is this where it's, the aliens come is, from? This is. This is Chris's. This is Chris's. Uh, this is Chris's dream. Like would would, would uh, to walk around in here with a crowbar. Yeah, yeah. That, this is this is our government secrets here. An endless warehouse. Don't worry. We will we will revisit this and we will get to poke inside some boxes. Okay, because I was curious. Because like this seems like like it's a, like begging. Oh, hey, look at that, Kathleen Kennedy. People who hate oh, Kathleen oh, Kennedy. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, no. Kathleen Kennedy has made so much money for movies that, like, yeah. I, that's the thing. When people are like, oh, Kathleen Kennedy is ruining everything. Pull she was, she was of- just she was just associate to Mr. Spielberg at this point. Yeah, but the thing is, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, pull up Kathleen Kennedy's movies that you've worked on, that she's worked on. Honey, she's made, like, all your favorites. People who uh, are just like, like yeah. her. The list of 80 favorites. Yeah. Yeah. I saw Michael Moore in here too. Like he was the second unit director. And I was like, oh, Michael Moore. Whoa. Not Michael Moore. The, the. Oh, it's a different Michael the, Moore. It's okay. not the documentarian Michael Moore. Yeah. No, oh, it's I, th- I thought it was the same one. Okay. That's different. No. Never mind. I re- I take back my, my thing. Yeah. No. Yeah. There's a lot of Michael Moore's out there, so it's kind of it's 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 kind of unfortunate that he has that. Like, like uh, here we have assistant film editors Colin Wilson. Colin Wilson 
there's there's so many Cal, there's a writer who's named Colin Wilson there's an actor that's named Colin Wilson there's a a, a screenwriter named Colin there's Wilson Joe Johnson that's Colin. another big Star Wars name Joe Johnson's another another name and and he, he directed the first uh, Captain America movie and uh the uh um Ralph Rocketeer McQuarrie. there's Ralph McQuarrie. Ralph McQuarrie, of course of course he's the illustrator so many names. And uh, assistant art director Nilo Rodas Jamero has done a lot of he he did a lot of work on Return of the Jedi. He, I think we're off by a few seconds because I just saw. Yeah, there were probably some Ellen Shaw matte paintings in here, and yeah, this is just the from that golden age of Lucasfilm special effects. Yeah, and there's a lot of. The, I here. mean, this was this was when Star Wars and Spielberg came together. You know, when Lucas and Spielberg came together, and holy shit, <laughs> you know, talk about being at the top of your game. And then, yeah. because of stuff like this, is where the class action lawsuit against George Lucas came from. It started about this time. Everybody, look up George Lucas class action lawsuit and be horrified. Hooray! <laughs> well, I'll just say this. Almost any company of that size, and it's equally horrifying fact, has probably had a class action lawsuit, and probably deservedly so. You know, that's yeah. oh, it was a big thing. Like George Lucas was the ringleader from like what would become Pixar before he was in Disney. It went to Steve Jobs and Apple. Like it wasn't just one thing. Yeah, um, George Harris. I want to look him up. Hold on. Because he played Katanga. I want to look at him. <laughs> G-E-O-R-G-E-H-A-R-R-I-S. Actor. Because he also looked familiar, and I felt like I've seen him before in other things. Oh, he was... Wait, really? Yeah, he was Kingsley Shacklebolt in the Harry Potter films. Okay, I was like, I know I oh. recognize him, but that, like that was much later in his life. Shortest also credits ever. I'm down for short credits. Yep, just zoop doop doop done. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he was Kingsley Shacklebolt. That's that's the other place I recognized him from. Because I I was like, he looks familiar, but I was like trying to imagine him older. Well, good. I'm glad you're enjoying Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I'm glad you like Indiana Jones, because Indiana Jones nowadays can be kind of, he's kind of sketchy with the ladies, but he's also Harrison Ford. So, I, good, there, good. There I'm, now I'm like... really excited to take you down the path of the other three movies. <laughs> there, There is always a, like, has to be, like, like, like I was saying at the beginning, like, in the back of my mind, like, this was an 80s movie. There are things that are just dated that are just not going to fly. Like, you know, that was a whole big thing when the new Jurassic Park movies came out. When the first one came out, like, the the main guy, the main lady, she was, like, 21 and he was, like, 40-something, right? right? And they even addressed that, like, in the press junket of, like, yeah, we probably shouldn't have done that then. So there, there are just certain things when it comes to movies these days that you just have to kind of be like, it was a thing at the time. Um, yeah. and was it great then? No. Is it great now? No, but it's just the th that it's how things were at the time. So, well, 
you haven't met Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones. The younger, more... Oh, more, Lord. The younger that's, Indiana Jones. That's going to be next week. Is Temple of Doom next week? Huh? Yep. Okay. Temple of Doom's a great movie. It's a... Uh, all the all the temp, all the Indiana Jones movies are different kinds of movies. They're all Indiana Jones movies. They have a different different feel. Oh, the this thir- is the, one- the third one. The third one is a little more like the first one, and the f- two, two and four are tonally similar, where they're goofier. They're, oh, this is the one with a uh, short round. Short round, and the reason and- I am I'm bringing him up is because again, cinema therapy. They were talking about how his actor uh, Ki Hu Kwan was in. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once, and how like it was such a shame that from after the Goonies, he didn't want to be typecast, so he was just out of movies for like two decades, and how everything, everywhere, all at once was like his rebirth, essentially, and they're like, we've been robbed of like two decades worth of this man's acting, oh, because he's thir- such a good actor. 32 blows Indiana Jones took in the movie. Hey. Final count thirty two. Not not a lot. Uh, way it low. Feels like more. I thought I thought it was going to be more, but it like feels like more. He got in more shots. I noticed. So good for him. Good for him. Yeah. No. Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom has some like you know how like uh, everything seems plausible in this one, like stunt wise, and you know even though it probably isn't physically every uh, everything isn't physically possible that happened in this. Temple of Doom pushes it a little more. Temple of Doom goes a little little crazier with some of the stuff that he gets away with, you know. But it's tonally completely different, you know. It's tonally it's it's a younger brash it, it, it gives him it this is this one Temple of Doom gives him more of an arc than than Raiders of the Lost arc. <laughs> Raiders of the Lost character arc. Because he he's less of a developed character in it, you know. He's 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 greedy, and in, he's in it for uh, the. You'll see his 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 signature line with short round is fortune and glory, short round, fortune and glory, and uh, yeah, it's interesting. But I'm look I'm I'm really looking forward to him because they that it's. It's interesting. It get, and and Indiana Jones, his life develops in all four of them, you know, so we get, we'll get a lot of hope character development moments in all the next three movies. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm enjoying this journey I am so too. far. I am too. I'm really excited for three because three is three is a really wonderful movie. Every, all, every, uh, everything I've heard is that three is the three best. is a wonderful movie because it's got Sean Connery in it, and he's just so charming as Indiana Jones's father, and he makes so much sense as every, as his father. And they and you get him and Harrison Ford acting against each other. It's wonderful. It's just I, wonderful. Everything I've heard from everybody is that the third is the best one, and like that's the one I do remember seeing because like that's the one with the knight in the the wooden cup, and because they're, th- they're looking for like the chalice, right? The the chalice of Jesus or something. I think Raiders will forever be the 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 perfect Indiana Jones movie, but the third one is really wonderfully written. It's got its it's got some wonk in it though. Everything has wonk in it after this to some extent but it's like 
all like all the wonk is forgivable and kind of charming, but mm-hmm. there's there's some wonk coming. Uh, the the th- I, I'm 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 really interested to see your reaction to the opening sequence of the third movie. Anyway, so, maybe I've said too much. One down, three more to yep. go. Yeah, yep. this was fun. I'm I'm enjoying it so far. So, all right. Well, I hope you guys all enjoyed it too. And all that's left is Chris. Where can people find you? You can find me at twotruefreaks.com. That is our website where we have all our podcasts. We have them sectioned off in different sections. We have the new ones coming out on the front page. And you can go search through all those. It'll take you years and years. And you can also go to Facebook where we have the Two True Freaks podcast page where we post up all our new shows as they come out. And the Two True Freaks Cantina, which is a cantina to go hang out with all the other freaks. You can also find Two True Freaks on, if it's still there when this comes out, the the amazing cesspool that they call Twitter. And uh, when you're there, say hi to Gene, Gene, the Two True Freaks machine. Hope you're still on Twitter, Gene. The man who listens to them all. He listens to them all, folks. Every single one of them, Gene, Gene. And that's where you can find me. Where can we find you, Hope? You can find me at J. Guys and Jenner on Twitter. That's our Twitter account. You can also find me at Hope Molinex. Like I said last week slash yesterday for us, um, I'm giving Hive a try. So I'm at Hope Molinex there. Um, I'm a contributor for Dorks at the Forest. Uh, so you can read my writing over there. Check that out because I like getting paid. Um, I'm also still a staff writer at the Geeky Waffle. And I'm also part of an excellent, wonderful project called For Light and Dice. It is a real play tabletop podcast that's set in the High Republic. It's Star Wars 5E. We are rolling real dice. I'm very excited about our episode coming out tomorrow because one of our players, Colton, couldn't make a session. So they got to record an entire episode by themselves with Chris, our dungeon master. And apparently something happened and none of us knows until the episode comes out tomorrow because all they said was good job guys we're all rich now and we were like colton what did you do and they were like (laughs) what did you do don't ask questions because they play um a a robot uh, a droid named one n and one n's front is that they're a jizz whaler being a musician but really, they're an assassin droid in disguise. So we and we all know this, but so we're just like Colton. What did one and do, do? And Colton's like, "Don't worry, actions don't have consequences. We're rich now, guys." And we're like, "Oh God!" <laughs> so it's fun because there's so many little things like that where, like, even us as the player, like, we don't know what's gonna happen. And Chris has been knocking the production out of the park. Like, like he recruited his co-podcaster from Dark Side Divas to record a bit in the opening of an episode and we didn't know it was coming and we were all just like holy shit Chris that's Steph cameo holy shit <laughs> so go check out for Light and Dice guys I'm really enjoying it um, I'm very proud of the project so but yeah uh, I guess come back next week for Temple of Doom this is fun I'm on my Indiana Jones journey for the first time yay woo Having a good time. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.
visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. We were finally invited aboard one of these spacecraft, which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan, on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek, said, soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this.